0: Okay, welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode. You ready.
1: One hundred and
0: sixty-nine. Nice. Like, oh, please
1: be ready. So I, I'll be um, ready for so it.
0: So there's no news, but no news is good news. There's nothing crazy happening in the Can world. All
1: sorts of news. Well, some people died. Lots of people died.
0: All right, go for it. We've
1: established now that millions of people dying yeah, I know, isn't but enough.
0: Like famous, important people mm-hmm. died.
1: Oh, it was just unimportant people died before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. no, that Boise. Boise died. Boise died. Who yeah.
0: was good friends with who? Ice Tea.
1: Uh, was it? What? Did you
0: not know about that? My best mates. Yeah, Ice yeah. Tea and Ice Tea and Boise were good friends and uh on Twitter anyway. And they would stay in contact and wish each other a merry christmas and stuff and it was a really really nice friendship. Um I can see that. Yeah, there, it genuinely was. You can look it up after the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um other than that like what else has happened? What what are you excited iced about? Ice Tea was probably
1: down with the peck of massive.
0: Yeah? Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> 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 alright um, so yeah and so, so is there anything going on he's very fond of it?
1: Australia as well he's got like a quite strong connection I, to Australia I, I don't fucking know do you know why? yeah because he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's a kangaroo man yeah he's a kangaroo yeah. man <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah. there's an England's TV show coming may possibly be based on the Marvel comic that's in production now No, they just wrapped production on season 3 of The Boys so that's coming out in October well not October they reckon it's going to come out sometime this year though um, October. We've got the second season of Lock and Key. That's exciting because that no one really knew about that happening. I thought that had been cancelled. So. Is that the
1: film with Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis?
0: No, you're thinking of Burke and Hare.
1: Oh, what's yeah. the one with um, with what's his face from Hackers and Johnny Sims?
0: What's his face from Hackers and Johnny Sims? Or was it
1: Robert? Or... Johnny Lee Miller and or maybe it was the bad guy from World Is Not Enough. The guy from 28 Days Later. Robert Carlyle? Yeah.
0: Robert Carlyle and Johnny, Johnny Lee Miller. Miller. And what um, do they do in it?
1: It's set in like 18th century, but it's all like modern, cool and stuff. Plunkett and McLean? Yes,
0: Plunkett and McLean is yeah. it. Yeah. That was a bad movie as well. That was a good movie. Fuck that it. That was a bad movie. Um, fresh oh, off the back of Hackers. Here we go, here we go. Here's some toys. 26 stuff. years
1: ago, Hackers came out in cinema and we haven't made a better film.
0: So uh so Venom 2 has been moved forward by 2 weeks because it's so good. They're so confident. They've moved it forward by 2 weeks. Test yeah. screenings have happened yeah. and there's quite a positive feedback and don't care. Minor spoilers. There's maybe minor spoilers for people. No spoilers. Okay. No spoilers for people. There is apparently a connection between this and the MCU. <gasps> don't and care. And when when Do I say a connection thing. At one point in the film, Venom may be watching watching TV and there may be a news report on Spider-Man linked to No Way Home. And Venom goes, I hate that guy. Let me tell you about it. And that's apparently going to be how they're getting Spider-Man and Venom together. That's news for people, if anyone's interested in that. Uh, We also have the Sony event. They announced that there's a Spider-Man 2 coming. There's a Wolverine coming. There's a God of War Ragnarok coming. Uh, they're un- releasing Uncharted games on PC. It's all crazy. It's all crazy now. There's lots of news. There's lots of fucking news, Ant. But this is the month of September. It's my birthday month. I turned 33, 33, uh, five, six days ago. Um, and in honor, barely, of, in honor of me turning 33, we're going to play a game this week. So you know how like normally what we do is I give you a quote and you try and guess the movie by the quote and you're not very good at it. You keep losing because you're not very good at it. Um, We're going to play a game. I've got
1: the freaking...
0: We're going to play a game because it's September and because, you know, three times three is nine. We're going to play a game in which I have a list of movies from the year 2009.
1: (laughs) I am... Bulletproof Monk.
0: (laughs) That was 2003. Oh. I saw that in cinemas. Um, as if I saw it multiple times, you couldn't see it multiple times. That was withdrawn from cinemas three days after being released. Um, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you a rough hint or a summary of the film without giving away too much detail. You're gonna guess the movie, okay?
1: Biker Boys
0: from 2009. Biker Boys wasn't 2009. No, it's 2005.
1: How long ago was 2009?
0: 2009 was 12 years ago. What? 12 years ago, Anne. I don't believe you, and so so we're gonna play a game. I'm gonna start nice and easy, and I'm gonna give you a really simple, easy one, and it's one that you will definitely get. The Runaway Bride. That was that was like '98. Oh, <laughs> okay. So this is a movie based on a famous toy line. Uh, specifically, they say that knowledge is half the what.
1: Knowing is half the battle. Some GI Joe. Ret- the, the, the. You know, Rise of Cobra. Hey! But the, the phrase is knowing is half the battle.
0: I didn't say that I'm doing good at summarising these films. That's
1: too loud. Sorry. Mm.
0: Sorry, let me turn it down a little bit for you.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, so you're ready now. We're going to start in earnest. No. Was that... Okay. No, you're saying that's not counting. That doesn't count. No, that was just a, That was just a...
1: Free Willy Free.
0: This, this famous English detective is uh, in quite a controversial move being played by an
1: American. Sherlock Holmes. What year? You said two thousand nine. Well done! Well done!
0: Congratulations! Yeah. All right. So you got one point. This film, starring, and I'm going to give you one of the one of the characters, starring Jennifer Connolly. Electra, directed by Ken Quapis.
1: What? Say the name properly.
0: Quapis. K W A P I S. Is the title. The title is is quite a quite a big description of what it's about. It's a rom com in which women are facing the trials and tribulations of potentially being in a failing relationship. Name that film from two thousand nine. Who was in it? Jennifer Connelly. It's one of the main actresses. Jennifer
1: Connelly. Yeah. Macbeth for a dream. No, no, oh. that was that was way before. That's a hilarious years. film. That's a hilarious film. Yeah, I like that yeah. when Jared Leto gets his arm cut off.
0: No, that's Marlon Wayans. No, it's Laird. Laird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my requiem for a dream. Marlon Went has sex with someone.
1: I don't know. No, there's a bit of Jennifer Connelly goes ass to ass with a Dublin dealer. That's great.
0: No, this is starting Jennifer Connelly's later on in
1: her career. It's 2009. There's no later on in her career. Connelly, it's Jennifer it's 2009. Is forever young.
0: It is as I said. The title is what one of these friends may say to their friend if they were facing. Oh, a he's
1: favorite. just not that into you. There
0: we go. And congratulations.
1: You're very bad at explaining the thing. That's too I quiet. Get you- I, oh, That's sorry. too quiet.
0: Okay, so, and famously in this movie, Chaos Reigns.
1: Oh, it's Antichrist. Yeah!
0: You're doing really Isn't good at really this You're good at these hints. These hints are a bit really too easy. You're really good at this one. Oh, is it too easy? Yeah. You're okay. too easy. Okay. a movie about a clone finding out he's a clone potentially with a sex pest.
1: Oh, The Island. No. What? That
0: was 2006 or 5. more Yeah. It's a movie about a clone finding out he's a clone potentially trapped with a sex pest. The sex pest may or may not be playing this a robot. This doesn't
1: narrow it down too much.
0: The robot may... The sex pest may or may not be playing a robot. Think about it. Should I give you another hint? Do you want another hint?
1: Well, I don't think I think it was right the first time. No, no. Do you want another hint? So you have and he's trapped with a no, no, sex no, pest no, that, was, that, was like, that was
0: 2005, so that's a different year. But um think about it. A clone... Discovers he's a clone with his clone.
1: Gemini man.
0: Nope. That was that was last year. Um Do you want another hint?
1: Twin Dragons.
0: This director is the son of a famous rock and roll star. He went on to direct a video game movie. Okay, it was Moon by Duncan Jones. Oh. Because Kevin Spacey plays a robot.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Real... Someone is seeking revenge, though I may argue that robots. Don't feel emotions enough to see... Is this iRobot? No. This is something that you're very, very much a big fan of.
1: Oh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon.
0: No, that was 2013, come on.
1: But he says "Speaking Revenge. Yep. Oh, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> hey, but I'm didn't... thinking of the time Optimus Prime wanted to kill Kelsey Grammer.
0: Didn't he say, I, w- I want your face?
1: No, that's he says that to the Fallen oh, okay, in Revenge sorry. of the Fallen. It's the one where the Devastators come from. Yeah, yeah. That I'm building. The one with the balls? yeah.
0: Okay, so um, I'm going to give you a loose hint on this one.
1: Oh my god, ten minutes!
0: Racists didn't like the introduction Crash. of this Disney princess.
1: Oh, Princess and the Frog.
0: Way clap? I feel like I'm, I'm doing really good with these hints, though. I feel like I am. Did you just
1: bring up the names and you're trying to come. No, 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 no. I've got. Have you not got a proper got, structured quiz? I've got
0: like 50 films and their plots.
1: Yeah, but is this an actual thing or are you just? Is yeah, it's
0: an actual thing.
1: Like are you just. Trying you've to got.
0: With? You've only. Lo- you've only missed one point so far. You got like five. So sharp. All right, this film starring a lady
1: from Speed
0: and her red boots was hated by critics and and uh, and and uh, and uh, audiences alike.
1: Oh, um, all about Steve! Way. All
0: right. Okay. Now, this next one is worth all of the points, but also on a flip side. If you, if you get this right, it if you get this wrong, sorry, it erases every point you've received so far, so you lose. Okay, cool. Okay.
1: Oh, cool about Steve again.
0: But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a good descriptor and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one of the, one of the top build actors. Oh, God. Okay. A college professor bonds with an abandoned animal he takes into his home. Joanne Allen is the is the second build star of this. What? A college professor bonds with an animal, an abandoned animal. Sorry, he takes into his home. Joanne Allen is the second build star. Who in... fucks Joanne Allen? Joanne
1: Allen. Yeah, who's that?
0: Do you, like the woman from Face Off.
1: No one remembers the women in Face Off. That's a Nicolas Cage or John Travolta joint. Me
0: get a picture of Joanne Allen. And let's see. It's not going
1: to help me. I mean, <laughs> especially if you had a face off
0: well she didn't have a face off she was married yeah to-
1: that was the subplot it a the fan she, theory she was married to Where she was married was fan- to oh, maybe <laughs> she's just-
0: do you want do you want to know the year
1: you said it was in <laughs> 2009 one not <didn't> it <laughs>
0: So you've got one part of it.
1: The- I don't know about films where people look after dogs. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Like, that doesn't narrow it down. There's, there's that one Harrison know? Ford where you had the CGI dog. No, this isn't
0: the CGI dog. We were, Someone this-
1: traded in a copy of The Dog's Purpose the other day. <laughs> didn't they drown a dog in that film? Yeah. yeah. They,
0: did they look like a serial killer? No. Okay, so I'm going to give you the star. I'm going to give you a hint now. Okay. The star was... Somali and me. No. This, <coughs> that,
1: was two, that was 2010. No. The
0: star was Richard Gere.
1: Oh, um <laughs>
0: can you do it? Can you do
1: it? It's a dog with this Japanese name for the dog.
0: There <laughs> is a subtitle. Hatchy, well. yeah,
1: um, something story. I can't. No, remember. no, no. Come on, keep going. Yeah, it's, called it's called yeah, Hachi It's called Hachi
0: Yeah, yeah. That's part of the title. There's a subtitle. <laughs> you had it. You almost had it. Just a couple of different words. So you can said,
1: Richard Gere get it up his bum?
0: <laughs> it is Hatchy. I'm afraid the uh, full title is a dog's a dog's tail. So, I'm going to give you half the points. You've got 10 points. How do they spell tail? T A L E. Yeah, there's a bar. Yeah, that's. All right, so you've got 10 points. That's the first one you've won outright. Well done. That was fun. Did you enjoy that?
1: No, it was painful.
0: You didn't get as many claps as last time. Sorry, let me just quickly. Let me just quickly. Because I've got pictures of Joanne Joanne Allen up on my. Maybe some boo in. Don't you always
1: have pictures of Joanne Allen up on.
0: No, usually she's nude. Mm. Um, So. (laughs)
1: The face awkwardly photoshopped onto
0: Onto my mum's body. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this week.
1: I'm just going to get on with it now, yeah. I'm
0: going to go first, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, You I anything guess. you want to talk
1: about? I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Uh,
0: you got nothing to talk about? I've got nothing at all. Are you going to go see the new James Bond when it's out?
1: Maybe. When's it out? Next week.
0: Next week? Yeah.
1: That sound right, isn't it? November.
0: 11 days.
1: One film's next time in November. It's isn't it? Bond films are meant to come out in November. No,
0: no it's September 30th, I mean, this one. I don't like this. Yeah. No, November. A, a good day to die. No time to die. No time to die, even though
1: they've had two years to
0: do it. God, is the tech going to be CGI'd over? What? Do they, are they going to CGI over the two-year-old phones and stuff?
1: Maybe. <laughs> That'd
0: be amazing. Okay, so I'm going to go first this week. I'm... I've been... I've uh, been I've been waiting! Girl like you Um, I've been playing a game Ant. Can you guess the game I've been playing It's the same game you've walked in and watched me play For about 10 seconds For the last few, mm. few days I've been playing Dead Space 2 Oh yeah that too I've been playing Dead Space 2 oh. They're kind of the same game Um, I've been playing Dead Space 2 I'm finally tackling the Dead Space trilogy again
1: The freaking friggin old game of you yeah Yeah What's wrong with that? Okay, uh,
0: you review old shit all the fucking time. Never
1: do. Never, never, You're
0: reviewing uh, fucking yeah. Power Rangers. Yeah. That's good. You were just you just spent ten minutes talking about films from 2009. What are you talking about? You know, I don't review old I to...
1: spent ten minutes doing no, that. No,
0: you did. You kept saying the titles of films from 2009. I just vaguely spoke about films that could be from any <laughs> They could be from today for all we know. Um, I can't wait for that remake of Hatchie and Dog's Tale. <laughs> Do you know that there's more than one of those dogs? Those dog story, whatever it is, a dog story Yeah, yeah there's, there's three of like them. three of them.
1: Yeah, there's exactly. a dog's life, a dog's purpose. and um,
0: What is a dog's purpose, Ant?
1: Well, I think at the end of the film he gets hit by a car and everyone cheers him on and he slowly crawls bloody <laughs> across the street. And I'm not even making that up. Really? Yeah, that happens in that film. No. It's not that one, or it's the other one. One of them it happens in. You know what I watched? Movies, I watched man. all of the "Gods
0: Not Dead" films, and they.
1: Weren't you review? What you review? Sorry,
0: I was going to talk about Dead Space Two. Dead yeah. Space Two is one of my favorite survival horror film, horror games of all time. I played it. So originally... I put a
1: time code in for people to start listening to review, and I put it in where you say, "Oh, it's Dead Space 2, and you start just talking about other stuff.
0: But what if they want to hear about the other stuff?
1: They, they don't, they're, they're skipping on purpose. That's why oh, the time codes are there. They but... skip to my
0: parts. <laughs> they skip to the they skip to the game. Then they skip the first review. How do they
1: skip to the games at the start?
0: They'll press the plus 30 seconds. Oh, right, yeah. You do that a couple of times.
1: It's not a button that's on Spotify or on SoundCloud, but sure.
0: It's not on SoundCloud. Ah.
1: Oh, it's on the podcast app.
0: Um, so, yeah, so uh, So I played Dead Space 2. Pl- I played it on Survivalist mode, and so it's just below Zealot. Oh. It's the hardest difficulty you can play if you haven't played through it on Survivalist before.
1: Ah.
0: Um, I have on PS3. But I'm playing on Xbox. Stop doing that with scissors. What are
1: you doing? What, what are you yeah. doing? Stop trying to cut your scissors. Cut my scissors?
0: <laughs> cut your tongue. Um, so yeah, so Dead Space 2, for anyone who doesn't know, Isaac Clarke is an engineer. He's on the Ishimura in Dead Space 1. Um, trying to get to his girlfriend or wife. I can't remember which it was. Um, and uh, and he gets to her and finds out she's dead. Yeah. But By the time you get to her, your time on the Ishimura has been constantly plagued by these symbols and these markers all over these places. And the markers are like a twisted tree, almost. It's like columns contorted into a spike, oh, reaching the, um, a point. And the they're game covered problems. in this alien language. And, uh, and, and you, as a mining colonist, an engineer visiting this mining colony, I should say, it's a planet cracker. So the Ishimura is a planet cracker. And that is all it is, is a, a, a giant spaceship that goes up to a planet destroys it but then removes the minerals from the planet. And at some point they came in contact with this alien marker device. And that caused most of the crew to become these horrible necromorphs. Who are these pointy, spindly monsters that go around the place and they go, I'm gonna nibble you nom 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 nom.
1: So I'm thinking about the music from columns. Oh, I you can take a lot of guesses. You're not going to get it right.
0: You're saying? So so Dead Space Two. So we we join Isaac Clarke in a second adventure. It turns out that the marker has 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 done more than just marked his memory of his horrific events. It's also distorted and contorted his mind to make it so that somehow he contains the blueprints to a new marker. Now he comes to in a in a sail asylum on a on a uh a planetary sort of um what's the best way to put this? What's Star Trek's vessel? What is it? It's not a warship, is it? It's like a colony ship. What? Star Trek
1: Which what were you on about? A scientific well, the research ship.
0: Yeah, it's like a scientific it's more like a colony ship. No. Oh okay. Well, this is a colony ship. I found the word in trying to find the word. They're more like a submarine. Oh okay. This is a colony ship. Um, and so what happens is that Isaac Clarke waking up in this med bay where they are treating him for psychological issues. He comes to just as the marker has been recreated somehow, and the necromorphs are now attacking this mm. new environment.
1: Oh, well, probably shouldn't um, have
0: done that. Well, he he for the for the most time has been under some sort of trance and been providing them these directions and information and the symbols themselves for them to recreate the marker, and they're doing it because they're a group called the Unitologists, who believe that we have been um, our, our spiritual side has been distorted by. They believe everyone's
1: a unit, but they believe everyone's a unit. Yeah,
0: G Unit. Uh, they believe our our spiritual side has been lost because we are we are destroying these plants, we are breaking apart nature, and we contorting everything. And they want to, uh, they want to, you know, introduce, um, introduce this, this spiritual element to the world again. They want to make it so that religion is, a, is a power again. Um, and everybody goes fucking nuts. They become necroph- necromorphs, mate. It's, it's great. It's gory. It's spectacular. The, a couple of changes this time around. Uh, Isaac Clarke has a few new tricks up his sleeve, as he would.
1: Oh, yeah. His name was Isaac Clarke, wasn't it? Because yeah. I thought that was clever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Not really, but, uh. Yeah. Still, great protagonist, great protag, you know, as they say. Um, In this one, he's not silent. He does talk. He has uh, a character named Ellie that's helping him. She is a security officer, so she's helping him through this. Um, And Strauss, who is someone else who has been affected by the marker. Now, uh, Dead Space was always an interesting property because EA had the idea that it was going to be multimedia from the get-go. So they had movies and comic books and everything else. Oh, there's a shit animated film, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and Strauss is a character from the shit animated film. He's someone who's looked into the marker. He's someone who has who has tra- tra- traversed the space between being a unitologist, becoming a necrom- necromorph himself, and also, you know, keeping his humanity intact. Like Sam Neil in Event Horizon. Like Sam Neil in Event Horizon. Yeah. Sam fucking Neill. Uh And it's, you know, it's interesting because he is, he is like a mirror image of Isaac instead of Isaac's... Insanity being the definer of him he's actually you know pushing back against it whereas Strauss is is barely holding himself away from it he is he's always just sort of on the precipice of falling into that that madness and so it's up to you to once again grab your engineering tools because Isaac Clarke is an engineer and uh, and
1: fight the Necromos. this game's 15 years old and I fucking love it you like. spent like 10 minutes explaining the plot yeah for a game that came out
0: Some might not have played it do you want to talk about the mobile game and the plot of that one? No, no,
1: just talk about the game. The mobile game that I played it's on my BlackBerry tablet. Talk about the game.
0: I had a BlackBerry playbook and one of the only games you could get on there was uh, was Dead Space and it was a pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, so you've got some new tricks up your sleeve like you can float um, and there's also some um, some diving sequences where you sort of launch yourself around other sections of the ship so there are moments where you sort of have like a you have a rocket chair sort of thing that just launches you other sections of the, of the spaceship is it's great it's a fucking great game it still looks really good as well it is 15 years old well it's 13 years old maybe 10 12 11 I'm still too old for you um, yeah so uh, Yeah. Dead Space 2 it is a Tom Atkins one of my favourite all time games describe the game Oh, sorry, what do you want me to talk about now? The actual game. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the we'll actual, go actual go game. Let's talk the about game. the actual fucking game, shall we?
1: You sure. just recounted the plot and then said, oh, you jump between spaceships and that's it. Yeah, sorry, so I do apologise. Dead Space has
0: some of the most crunchy and visceral combat you will find in a video game. I'm oh, bad at the word
1: visceral. It's cliche. Cliche.
0: Okay, it has some of the most crunching, gory combat you'll find in a, in a third-person oh, action horror game. Fuck you! <laughs> I don't even know who Thesaurus is. Um... You literally tear your enemy enemies piece by piece yeah. apart and then use their own limbs against them as weapons. It's fantastic. It's it's a genius idea. No,
1: just like... Um... Does Jason do that in one of the Thirteenth? No. Beat someone to death arm? No, he no? never does that. Doesn't he? No, he picks, he picks up it. Freddy's
0: arm and he stabs him with it, but yeah, that film came out at the same time as this game, so fuck you. Yeah. Um some of the more interesting aspects are that that whole body aspect of it tearing things apart to make it so that you can use their limbs. Like, you can't shoot something's head off and it just suddenly dies. You know, you have to, in some instances, shoot the limbs off to damage it enough that it just drops. Because the necromorphs are nothing more than, like, flesh constructs. They're, like, the warp... Yeah. <laughs> based (laughs) the warped images of what what this this marker is trying to do it's trying to reform humanity but it can't really get it right so some things look different from others and there's like these impure versions and it is it is kind of like a a diluted version of what these markers are meant to do it's almost like they're not supposed to work within the confines of our carbon-based life forms and maybe it is meant to be some alien species that's meant to evolve beyond what they are
1: but it still seems pretty. Void Bastards has the same plot where it's like there's a virus thing that m- turns people into weird creatures, but it just turns them into like British Council estate and like psychopaths. <laughs>
0: See, this it's not really a virus. That's the weird thing about Dead Space is that it's like a signal. Yeah. They work like antennas, and then people are receivers. But some people just don't. They're immune to it. Um and like some of the creatures are pretty cool. Like babies, for instance, can be influenced by it, and then you oh. get those weird exploding pus monsters. Oh. They're just like little babies that have like a glowing abdomen, yeah. and they just like sort of crawl towards any other any target. But as, as soon as they touch it, it's
1: not like normal babies.
0: Uh, they've got kid kid monsters. Uh. You don't really see stuff like that in video games, which is kind of interesting.
1: Why are there so many kids on a space station? Because it's a colony ship. It's uh. like got
0: a school and everything. You actually oh. go through the school at one oh, nice. point. It's got like a nursery. It's got a school. You go through the school gymnasium. You've got like entire shopping districts in different regions across the ship.
1: Can you sit exams?
0: Yeah, they've got enough room in there to keep the remnants of the Ishimura, like where they found Isaac Clarke. They've got like a huge section of the Ishimura yeah. still housed within. And you go to that at one point, you see those old areas. And what's really cool is that in the original game, you had like these vent covers, mm. and there were very obviously like areas where it was scripted that monsters, could ju- like monsters, could jump through. Mm. When you go back there, they've like just padded them over, like with like that plastic seal. Mm. you know the weird like um clear plastic reels and shit and it's just like it is like someone's investigating what happened here but at the same time it's very much like a real what humans would be like if we had to have these derelict fucking spaceships where right they are just cover the hole up mate just cover it up you know like when you've got a shitty car and you break a window breaks you put boom back over it Smooth <laughs> move that over no, mate.
1: stop monsters getting free
0: <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so the the game itself has some like really standout moments that I think that a lot of people are probably already aware of. But just just to go over them quickly, they like they throw in a few mini games. Like there's like a hacking mini game where you basically have like uh, Isaac Clarke just jams his arm up into a machine. Jams his jams his arm up into a machine. Oh, right. yeah, I know how it sounds. Um, and you, you basically have a rectangle, like a circle. A what recticle? Recticle.
1: <laughs> He jumps his arm up into Jams it the... up
0: into a thing, gives a circle Comes come circle. up, and you have to direct the thumbstick hmm. so that it glows blue, and then you press it, and then you're on to the next level where he sort of shimmies his hand over, and then he gets on to the next bit. Um, there's also a really fucking... Does it work better if he
1: uses more than two fingers? It works
0: better yeah. if you've got move controllers, because you yeah. jam right rub your ass, and you just like, sort of clench. Um, one of the things that's really cool is there is a sequence in which you have to sort of extract the information, and they've got this prototype machine where it's essentially a needle that goes into his eye, it goes into the pupil, no do that. and it and it it takes all the it takes all the thing out. And the way that you have to do it is, he's basically got his hands on the controls, and he's guiding the thing, and you have to move it slowly enough it doesn't panic you <laughs> as you do it. So you're essentially you've just got this needle, and you can fuck it up so easily, and it's horrific looking seeing a needle go in the wrong part and just tear his face apart. It's great. It's a great game. It's genuinely one of the all time best. Horror games. Um, and playing it has made me realise that, you know, we really are lacking in this sort of shit. Like, Resident Evil's gone really actiony. There's no real horror to
1: it anymore. And it never really like, was.
0: Well, you say that.
1: it was always horror pastiche. There have always been puzzle action games. Back when I was a kid, puzzle scared action games.
0: it scared me. Now it's just like...
1: Back when Resident Evil was out, I was a teenager and... All right, old man. Yeah, you kids today. You
0: bragging about the fact that you've been around longer than me? All
1: right. I had to tell a kid one of the guys at work what that the thing he had in his hand was a Mars system cartridge earlier. Do you think it was a Game Boy? He car? didn't know what it was. He just had no idea. He works in a
0: game shop. Yeah. Is he not a nerd or yeah, is he?
1: They're all like twelve years old. Oh, really? So,
0: okay. uh, but yeah, Dead Space Two. Tom Atkins. It's one of. The, it is a near perfect video game experience. There are a couple of things in there that get frustrating, like. Occasionally, because of the wonky physics, you'll get something catch somewhere and it'll just disappear off into the the void. Um, it's mostly just stuff when you're fucking about with like trying to get a body all the way through a level or something like that, you know. But it's a lot of fun. It, it' really, really fun game. Really solid experience. And the story is fucking great. The ending, especially when those credits start rolling and Isaac Clarke is just sitting there ready to give up, and then I'm not gonna spoil what happens. But you get one of the greatest. He gets a microtransaction no, that no. teases Dead Space 3. <laughs> No, 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 it's one, it, is, it is literally one of the best best credit sequences for any video game ever. Mm-hmm. It's just the perfect ending to something like this. And especially for a character that has gone through... Like, you get to the end of the game and Isaac is literally saying, like, I just... Like, how much more of this is there that I need to do? How much do... I have beaten so many odds. I feel that and way just, when
1: I play a lot of AAA games.
0: <laughs> he's like, I just want to rest. And then you get that boss done and he sits down and the credits start rolling and as the credits are rolling you realise he's still just moving and taking a breath and just relaxing as everything around him explodes and you're like I mean he's earned this mm. <laughs> good but for yeah, him but there is a there's a great add-on to that that just I won't spoil if anyone's looking to play something this Halloween like a perfect horror game this trilogy is fantastic yeah the,
1: the game ends with Isaac getting up and he slaps his thighs and he goes right time for a wank
0: Oh. Crumpets, <laughs> you're a reviewer,
1: right? Right. Um, I broke my. Transform. I know you fucking did.
0: I said you did when you broke it. I'm not getting you another one. We,
1: you'd have a very hard time finding one of these in one piece. You say that. Anyway, um, I'm going to review Battle Mania for the Mega Drive. Battle Mania Dai Ginjo. Look, right. we're on a scrape in the barrel week this week. Are we? I am. Okay. Um. Battle Maiden Daiginjo Ginjo is a sequel to a game called Troubleshooter, which came out in the UK, in the US it didn't come out in the UK, but it's um it's a shmup where you play an anime girl and she's got a big old rocket pack thing on her back that she flies along with and she shoots at bad guys Most coming towards her. her boyfriend, and she has a other friend, another girl who like there is back to back with her. Okay, so you're back to back and one shoots forward, one shoots backwards. Yeah, and you can press a button to switch the one behind you forwards. Um, and the one behind you forwards so, so you're both shooting forwards oh, so you're okay, both facing okay, the same yeah, way Yeah. Um, and if you power up your backpack flies off and it becomes an independent thing shooting away and your little backpack you can choose different ones that have different powers so you can have one that just blows up a bomb as its special move or one that does like a giant laser chainsaw thing yeah, which is pretty cool.
0: It sounds pretty advanced for a Mega Drive game. It's a pretty oh, flashy game.
1: game Mega Drive. It's Mega, Mega Drive, Drive game. Sorry, sorry. Um, it's got rad music. It's got a full on intro sequence that's like really flashy for a Mega Drive thing. Yeah, like loads of little animations and stuff going on, and cool music, rock music. Um, it's a game Ooh, that no one ever talks roll. about because this game never came out for, from outside Japan. Oh, it's really? never been re-released on any formats. They did do a troubleshoot to the first game. Which is very much a similar thing, but just you know, not quite as nice graphically. Yeah. Um. That game had a later re-release when they did one of those like physical rerun things in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. But Battle Mania hasn't had that. Battle Mania Daiginjo.
0: Um, Sounds like you didn't get the same recognition.
1: No, but it is the flashier game of the two. It's doing oh. so many effects. Um, but sometimes effects don't make a game. out. So. yeah, but it's, it's still got the cool gameplay from the previous one. It's like, oh, okay. you know, okay. but like the first level has you scaling a tower. And your reflections in the background is how every time you move left and right, the horizon sways with you. Oh, cool. Like using that whole horizontal like space, space interrupts that they used to do. Line interrupts was a thing on Mega Drive. It's how you made something look like it was sway moving left to right. Oh,
0: no, Afterburner is what I'm thinking. Afterburner did that, didn't
1: it? No, it's more complex than that. Oh, okay. We're talking you know a Toy Story when you get the um when you're walking through in the levels you it's got D- that three D effect. Yeah, with the Not the first person shoot a bit. Uh, on the on the side scrolling levels, you have that oh, three D effect Donkey of things. Kong effect. Things move past you, yeah, and it looks like they're three D. They the perspective shifts. Yeah, it's using that effect. That's called line horizontal interrupts. Okay. So you're taking a sprite, like a line of data, yeah, and the game's telling it to move it slightly to the left from where it's supposed to be positioned. Mm-hmm. And you can do that on multiple layers to different degrees to create the effect of. Oh. So it's a nice little effect that some Mega Drive games use. But you have got that going on. Why you've got a reflection behind you and there's lasers firing enemy everywhere and enemies shooting all over the place. Um, and then your your reflection breaks through a window and starts attacking you, and you go even higher up this building. Keeps going up, and you have got a big old boss. He's really nicely animated. He's got this cool like he's got a symmetrical design going on. The animation's really fluid, but there's parts of the sprite that are got a different sprite laid on top, mm. so it breaks up the where the seam is where the, the the animations copying each other. Yeah, so it doesn't make it look like it's just mirrored. It's like complex stuff, um, and he gets wiped out by your buddy's car because she's not in the first level. Your partner. She just drives a car straight out the window of the building, and just suddenly and knocks him out. <laughs> um, it's quite awesome, but the, the game's rad and it's one that hardly anyone talks about. And it's got that really cool concept of you having a back-to-back shooter, so you're taking care of enemies coming from both sides at the same time. Yeah, it's still primarily shooting forwards. That's why you can switch your buddy around, so you can both shoot forwards, so you can concentrate your attacks on something. But most stuff comes right. You fight backwards. Yeah, um, it's an interesting take on how these games, you know, usually are. Like, yeah, they usually. A lot of the lot of shmups from the 90s follow pretty much the same format. They they either do the gradius format, which is the you know collect up power ups and then choose what power up you have, or the they have another the R type style, which is where you pick up a power up and it like gives you a certain power up. This one's more sort of like things scale and you can adjust which way your battles go, which way your blasts are going, and all that, and you can choose what loadout you have at the start of a round. Mm. So you can make the game fit your style. It's really fun. But you know, no one plays it, and I think both these games would really do good to have a special edition re-release or something. Like put it a tenner on the Switch, chuck some behind-the-scenes stuff, show some of the pixel art, cause it's some full-screen, nice anime-style pixel art. Yeah. Um, the version I play, I think, is a fan translation, cause like well, it was released in Japan, it's all in English. The one I'm playing, so I'm guessing, guessing that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's um, get that, pay those translators, and release the game on switch cuz you get know get it out there cuz you know so it's a, it's a forgotten hidden gem
0: yeah it sounds really interesting it's a, good, um, it's a good shmup i'm not a big fan of shmups so it wouldn't be my cup of tea
1: but um when you go to the menus and go to the sound test there's little chibi versions of the characters on musical instruments and when you start playing the music they play the music in time oh so the little drummer's going
0: yeah yeah something um
1: but yeah, it's, good. it's a good game. Um, you do have to finish the first level before you can have Continues. Which That's is, a bit harsh. Yeah. So you, you start the first level without your partner. It's an arcade-style thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's uneasy. It's relatively straightforward. On Medium, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I haven't tried it on Hard, because they can't even get very far on Medium. Does it
0: not have a one-hand player game? What? Does it not have a one-handed mode? <laughs> You said you couldn't play on hard and the joke was meant to be you masturbating while playing it because you're hard. Never mind. I'm just shouting you're hard (laughs) during a podcast. So amateur. I know, tell me about it. I've been finding this more and more as life goes on. Slowly as I swell infinite I wonder to myself why? Why doth I wake?
1: Yeah, good. What's your next review?
0: My next review is going to be uh, season eight of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's the last season of the Copaganda. Um, So, Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Is it cancelled
1: because...
0: Nope. For anyone who doesn't know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a TV show about a group of New York cops in the Nine-Nine precinct. Um, For seven seasons, they had charming misadventures as they attempted to solve crimes, some as serious as murder... They didn't really take it too seriously though because it was just a fun, silly comedy show.
1: What happened to sort of make...
0: So, Season 7 came out about two or three years ago and since Season 7 came out, we had the BLM movement, we had a global pandemic, we had people calling for police reform and this series has really tried to evolve with those times. <laughs> it's not done it effectively. <laughs> There's only ten episodes of the season and... To be fair, they do actually try and tackle some of this shit. So, um, most of the seasons of this TV program haven't really said anything. I mean, there's been the odd, you know, emotional moment where like the characters will have introspective growth and they'll understand new things about the world. and You know, they will have rivalries with other departments. Like, there's there's a particular character played by Pat Oswald that's very funny. He's a he's like a firehouse general and he's just basically saying cops are useless and all this other shit. Um, but but this series, yeah, they they've had to. You know, I don't see how they could have survived past the George Floyd protests and and BLM and like. Well, up
1: until then, cops killing random innocent people, people was yeah. just a
0: bit of fun. Well, they didn't really. It wasn't so forward, so they just basically just ignored it, just and just you know carried on
1: with the series, like most of America does. Like
0: most of America does. Like most of the cop shows do. There's still a staggering amount of them on American TV.
1: There's a um, CSI Cybercrimes. Yeah. One. Was it I don't know, it's one of those two. Yeah. They got like a it's called like it might be NCIS cyber or yeah. something. They just can't help themselves. got to police everything.
0: Yeah. Um so so basically the first episode of this opens up with one character making an abrupt exit. She basically turns around and says, I can't continue to be a policewoman when, you know, people like me are being shot on the streets and there's like people being uh people being persecuted for the colour of their skin and being treated, you know, mistreated because of what's happening. Um, so she goes off to become a private investigator um, and then she enlists the help of Jake because he wants to prove that all cops aren't bad in proving that this woman who was accused of assault against two officers didn't actually assault either of them. It was an unwarranted search on her person and the two cops acted with uh, too much physical, too much physical, res- they, they acted with no physical restraint essentially and they attacked her. Um and so they take it to the police chief of their precinct to say to them, look, we've got evidence that these two guys are, you know, acting, acting violent towards certain people. Uh, and she goes, Oh, okay. I'm just going to delete this evidence. And they're like, Oh, what? And she's like, Well, I'm not one of the bad ones. I'm one of the good ones, but you got to understand that if I fire these two, they'll sue me. And if they sue me, then they get money. My precinct has less money. I have less cops. And like, basically, they're just showing that. People are aware of the bureaucracy even in comedy writing. And that makes it even more jarring when a comedy series is trying to tackle this. I'm glad that they tried to tackle it. But the problem is that these glaring issues with the police force are aware to everyone, but it seems like the why, American... How are they
1: trying to government. um inject politics into the comedy? What my day. Uh, yeah. One new character. One, I just want a grill, man. One really interesting character that
0: they've added to the series is John C. McGinley, who you, Dr. Cox from Scrubs.
1: Yeah, I'm aware who John C. McGinley is. He's in a lot of stuff.
0: So, and also The Rock. Uh, so mm. he plays he plays the leader of the ch- the police union. Metal jacket. <laughs> he plays the leader of the police union, no. and like he's like a proper bad bloke, mm. and like. Uh, they keep making jokes about him like being a mother lover and all this other shit but he's a really bad guy he's the main villain for the series and like he's literally hiding evidence of what these cops are doing to avoid them being fired and doing all these completely unjustifiable things just because the police have unionized and like basically saying like you touch a cop You'll be fired before they're fired because we'll do everything we can to protect them regardless of what happens. Like, one particular cop is called Marzipan and the joke is, he's got a fun twee name. And then you find out later his name is David Duke Marzipan and then the joke that John C. McGinley makes is you can't persecute him for what he decided to change his name to. And, like, I was just like, oh, fuck, this is really probably happening in some places in the US. Like, it wasn't fun for me to see that be like, Oh, this might be turning into a documentary. <laughs> um,
1: so unions are bad?
0: Some unions are very bad, Anne. Some unions, especially in places where they shouldn't need a union and they shouldn't be needing protection against the populace because they are meant to be protecting the
1: unions populace. Unions protect you from your employer.
0: Not all unions protect you from your employer. Mm-hmm. And when your employer is the US government, they should have strong enough systems in place to protect you if something goes wrong. Government bodies should be governed. You shouldn't have to worry about working for the police as if you're working in McDonald's because they live and work for a business that isn't Why do you think
1: McDonald's workers shouldn't have unions? McDonald's workers should have unions because they're against a
0: conglomerate. This is a ridiculous conversation. I don't like any of this. They're not private citizens once they... It's like the army
1: don't have unions.
0: You know the army don't have unions? You know why?
1: Because it's for um, Nancy boys that don't like...
0: Are you saying the police in Nancy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah I mean,
1: pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah most they... part,
0: fucking dog shit. Um, but yeah, it's it's just fucking weird. It doesn't work. Totally, it doesn't work. And these characters no longer seem like the fun, silly group they were before. They now seem like highly incompetent individuals who have continued to be highly incompetent, and sometimes at the cost of people's lives, sometimes at the cost of people's livelihoods, and you know. For the most part, as much as I, I like the characters and I like the personal dynamics they have with each other, that's not really enough to make this comedy show seem anything more than potentially a blight on a lot of their careers. Because whilst the character work is great, going back and watching those seasons now, after watching the eighth season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you sort of go, well, they're being introspective about stuff that they were doing back then, and that's bad. Like real bad. Like there's a joke in one season where Jake's are
1: going to do another series where they're training recruits. No, it's ended. Up.
0: It's all completely cancelled and ended. Yeah, they said that about Scrubs. Yeah, I know. But um, but with regards to this, like there <laughs> is there's an episode in one of the seasons where Jake has a lineup of people and he gets them to each sing a part of "I Want It That Way" by the by the Backstreet Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, basically, he gets them to do that, and he's like, "Tell me what," and they're like, they're all singing along, and then he turns to the woman next to him and goes, "I'm sorry, which one killed your husband?" And you know how, like, it's it's funny because it's dark and he's being silly. But, like, he does that during this and you're like, yeah, but that's, you're showing people's incompetence within the police force and now you're showing that you're aware of that incompetence but at the same time you're still being incompetent. So are you saying that this is bad but not bad when you do it? Or are you saying that this is bad but it's only bad if the camera's not rolling? Maybe Andy Samberg's bad. No, Andy Samberg seems like an alright guy, doesn't he? He's going to get
1: Me too now, isn't he? Nice. He um, he, got, he banged an alien with two of his mates.
0: Yeah, but that's fine. It was an alien fish, wasn't
1: it? No, it was an alien. It was an alien came from out of space. He needed they, these receptacles. He had three receptacles. There was two in the front and one in the back. It was what, are you talking like about, a about that terrible movie? What was
0: that movie? Are you talking about The Watch? No. With Richard Iody?
1: No. What
0: song are you talking about?
1: It's a Lonely Island Is it a Lonnie Island song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the famous ones. I'm, I, I, I... Two Michael in the, the front and one in the back. It was oh. like a Chinese finger trap.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's racist. <laughs> but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I, you know, it's still that same programme. And if you can ignore, like, pretty much everything that's happened in the world in the last few years, you could probably enjoy this as just another comedy series that's, like, you know, having wacky situations. But if you're aware of anything that's happened in the... Maybe if you've been in a coma for a little while, this would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I can't recommend it. It's not terrible, terrible. It is you just... just come
1: out of coma just in time to... Here you review yeah I've been in a coma oh, just to a coma.
0: specific this point yeah I've just, I've just come out of you a know coma. I've been in a coma and I I've do want to laugh yeah, I do yeah. want to laugh because I remember when cops were good um, I've been in a coma for 45 years see I don't
1: remember that time because I remember the LA riots of the early 90s so yeah. and you know that was, a, that was a thing that went back decades
0: <laughs> no um, I'm going to give it a David Spade because there are still a couple of moments in here that work but not like our
1: say, British cop show anyway your <laughs> review out when did you say David Spade mm. did he get Spade
0: who hey, David Spade yeah. yeah he got a club
1: he got Newwood he had his they tied elastic band around his balls until the blood circulation went and they just are you thinking
0: of Rob Schneider from The Animal twist
1: them off from the stapler
0: from The Animal <laughs> Rob Schneider is a
1: stapler right I should review again. when I say review using this in the loosest terms because I've only played about two hours of it what is it but you know I wasn't was really into it um, I played The Ascent
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you didn't like it. It was, eh. Uh, it was it like looks it. nice,
1: right. but I mean, okay. So like I say only two hours into it, and I can't be asked to play anymore. That's fine. Um Do you see what I
0: mean about it not really telling you a lot of stuff?
1: It didn't tell you how to use your st- skill points. I noticed that, <laughs> but I figured it out in seconds. It went, oh, you've got skill points, and I was like,
0: I got the skill point part. I, the scanner was the part that got me.
1: Oh, yeah, no. it tells you how to do that. You have yeah, to no, You know. have to hold down the button, but it's the yeah. same button used for something else. Yeah, picking stuff up. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that I thought was a neat addition to the gameplay was like the whole aiming high to hit enemies oh, yeah. that are above you. That's, yeah. Which you kind of have to do on the first boss battle you have, because like, you've got little ones running around and you really want to hit the boss. Yeah. Um, the boss battle was all right, but most of the enemies, like I know it's early on for it, but they're just... They're not particularly interesting they'll just charge towards you or they're like weird yeah. rat people um it's a nice looking game i think like the gra- graphics are fine um but i feel like it could do with like it's, can you not yeah um it's got a little bit of a sense of humor with some of the dialogue stuff going on yeah. and things but voice acting's really good is it yeah i don't know it just it feels all grim and miserable and yeah like oh it takes ages to load on the xbox one as well
0: oh yeah i've seen that like four
1: minutes yeah there's um, when you go you go when you finish the first area you go in a lift up to like this over like the city I think it is or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was actually starting to wonder if the game had crashed or something or something gone wrong because I'm running around the lift and the camera's not moving there's nothing to interact with there's no no characters you can't you talk to, have, to, any you people. to have other people there yeah we're just standing there for ages players. and it's like it's honestly like three minutes I swear yeah, i just. Like they timed the it on Digital Foundry. Mm. Yeah,
0: takes forever. Absolutely ridiculous. It's like ten seconds on the series. But the thing is, it just—it's
1: <laughs> using twin stick shooter style controls for shooting, like for aiming. Yeah. You'll always aim. You'll always shoot forward if you just tap the button, whichever direction you're facing. But the twin stick doesn't feel as like as responsive as I expect from a twin like stick it shooter. It
0: Meant to be a twin stick shooter at some
1: point. Where it feels like the it's just a, you know it's just a like they were thinking point and click shooty. Maybe. And they just mapped it to an analog stick. Maybe. Like you've you've
0: It feels like a less thought out version of Diablo three.
1: Hmm. But I mean it's fine. I can see why people might want to play it a bit, but it reminds me of um what was that PS1 one? PS not PS1, PS4 one. It was a multiplayer like looter shooter and um they gave it away on PlayStation Plus one month, I think. <laughs> Dead Nation? No, nah, no. Nah, it was all alien bugs and stuff, and you had to destroy Oh, Alien Assault, or whatever it or was. Like Yeah, me and Paul played it for a little bit, but it felt yeah. really similar to that. Like, same sort of, like, straightforward gameplay. Like, Not say, really
0: much impact to anything you do. The guns sound great, but they don't yeah. feel like you're shooting anything, because it doesn't... They, none of there's, them react. It
1: there, does feel like the Twin Sticktion have, like, snappier controls, because it, like, keep, I start like, missing aiming and stuff, but yeah. um I do like auto reloads when you've if you let go of the trigger after you've shot all your bullets. Yeah, I like the fact that um,
0: it tries to fire out the chamber even if yeah. you've yeah.
1: But um yeah, it's it's nicely made I can't argue with that. It's just small team that made it as well. Yeah. It's quite it's, quite
0: impressive feat. Yeah. I, I I got a lot further than you. I think my patience was a lot better on this one than it was for you, but mm. at the same time I did reach the end of it. Well, no, I didn't reach the end of the game, sorry, that's the wrong wording. I reached the end of my patience with it pretty early on, mm. about 10 hours.
1: Yeah, it's a nice-looking it's a nice looking game and everything, and it's, it's yeah. clearly well-made. It's just, I don't know, I feel like I've played a lot of these before. Yeah. And the thing is, like, a lot of first-person shooters now, are, like, Borderlands is basically a Diablo-style looter shooter, but first-person, and yeah. you get other games like that. Um, Doesn't Outsiders like, do Destiny. that as well, and all this? Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of this... Yeah. Um, yeah, outriders, yeah, that's yeah. it. I keep seeing that a copy of that at work, and just going, oh, I remember that game coming out, <laughs> it was like what, like six months ago. <laughs> I still play it every so often, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those games where I think they just it's not for me. Someone be, might really like it. It's really funny because it's a nice small download. There's there's a thing it's fucking, only like
0: nine hundred seventy two meg or whatever.
1: No, it's eleven gigabytes. Really, eleven gigs. Yeah, but that's a small download nowadays. That is a small
0: download nowadays. Yeah. yeah, I um, this was one of those ones where I was like. I was like, I'll play it for a while by myself, and then I'll put the uh, I'll do the ping out to my friends to see who wants to give it a go because they've all got Game Pass, and um, I sent it out to my friends, and literally none of them wanted to play it. None of them have it on their game list. None of them have even downloaded it or yeah. even heard of it.
1: Well, I downloaded it the other day because I was like, I want to play. I want to play a game for a few hours because I haven't really sat and played games like other than when I'm recording stuff yeah. recently, um, and I was gonna play Quake, but I thought, no, I'll play something new. Because I thought I was going to play more Quake. I should have played more Quake, but then I wouldn't have a second review for this week's podcast. So.
0: Also, I think like even though this isn't like the the home run that I was, I, I maybe wanted it to be, mm. um, and the way they it felt to me early on, I think that this is such a good showing of what they could potentially do with a sequel. Mm. Maybe if they had like a bigger team, and maybe they just get those mechanics down, so like
1: just, to make it snappier. Get the twin stick shooter feeling a lot more. Play some assault Android Cactus, fucking get the twin stick shooting feeling that tight. Yeah. Um, and let me turn the camera around.
0: Oh yeah, just if you could do like quarter turns.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. so much clutter sometimes in areas. I know sometimes it will make things disappear or whatnot. To when you when they're in front of you. Yeah. Not much, but it happens. But there's sometimes there's so much stuff going on. I'm not getting a good view. And I can't tell. There's a lot of pipes
0: and stuff where you sort of there's yeah. like shit hidden away, and it's literally just like a Where's Wally game of Where's that corner?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, make it clearer. Fair enough. What was, um, what was that other twin stick shoe that came out? Oh, it was made by the guys um, who did uh, uh, Super Dimension, whatever it was. The they do they did Resagum. They did a really cool twin X2. stick shoe. Velocity might been, No Velocity 2 Something else yeah. I can't remember They did one no, Called Neurovoider Neuromats or something Oh like.
0: Neuro No Neurovoider Might be the right one Or
1: Nec- Or something like that I can't remember
0: Necrovoider Whatever can... it was You play as like A little robot That's like a little You're robot's... supposed to be In a computer or something I think No you got a brain And you basically Your brain goes into One of the three Different casings And then that little Robot's your little Shooter I can't
1: remember Yeah that might be Something else
0: actually that mm. I'm thinking
1: of <laughs> But yeah but Twin six shooters Make a new one Who made a good twin stick shooter? Eugene Jarvis, who made Robotron 2084 back in the 80s, and it's still one of the best twin stick shooters of all time. And he released a new game this week. It's probably going to be a bit dead by twenty. Do you know what he? No, it's still going to be amazing. What? Do you know what new game he released this week? What did he release? Cruising Blast on the Switch. Oh, I saw that. Which is absolutely fucking nuts. Have you Have seen you that it? game? No, I want to play it. No, I want to get it. Um, but it's thirty something quid.
0: It's essentially Cruising USA. If you could jump and fly all over the place, isn't it? It, it looks insane. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've seen a lot of people
0: playing that, and it looks good. It's got
1: colours in it. Yeah. I want games with colours in them. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's uh, I only played play two hours of the sensor. <laughs>
0: That's two hours more than most people. Yeah,
1: don't yeah. worry. My last two reviews are supremo quality stuff. Okay, good, good, yeah, good, really good primo quality stuff. Okay, but do you know what else?
0: What? So my third review. Yeah. Yeah, my third review is uh, going to be something I was, I was looking forward to, because um, I I like this sort of shit. It's another one of those Korean death game TV programs that Netflix are buying up. Um, so it's a. a a program called Squid Game and Squid Game is like a game they have in Korea that's like, it's a bit like British Bulldog but instead instead of it being like lines of people ram, ramming into each other um, it's like a, it's like almost like a baseball diamond and different sections of the diamond represent different sections of the squid and the whole idea is that you're meant to get to the head of the squid so you start the tentacles and then you run across the head and then you come up to the top, and then you're on the top of the head of the screen, you you win the game. Um, and a bunch of people, basically, um, it's a damning indictment on Korean society and debt. That's what this is mostly about. Uh, we're introduced to a character who uh, who is essentially horribly in debt, having a really poor time of it, and just doing horribly. Um, it's his daughter's birthday, so his mother gives him some money that he can spend on getting his daughter a good meal. Um, and he goes to the track and he gambles it after stealing a bit more money from her card by stealing a card from where she hides it. Um, and he gambles that money and then he ends up winning fairly big, but then debt collectors find out he's there and they chase him down. And as he's being chased by these debt collectors, he accidentally bumps into a lady who rubs him blind. Um, and so he, using the last change he has, goes and buys some junk food to give his daughter on her birthday. Um, and and at that point he's sort of he's reached rock bottom and he's he's willing to do whatever. And he meets a man who wants to play a game with him where they have two envelopes, a red and a blue. And the, the game is you have to throw your envelope down, so you've the red or the blue one on top of your opponents. And if you throw it hard enough, or you throw it the right way, you can flip their their uh, envelope. And if he does that, he gets a hundred thousand one.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's um that's actually a Japanese. Game. Is it Japanese game? Yeah, they do it with cards. Um, Dai something, Daikogo card, something. Yeah. Um, there's an episode of Super Sentai okay. where the villain keeps
0: Yeah. Doing that. So in this, he he, mm, he, cool? he throws his card down, he fails to flip over the opponent's one, so his opponent slaps him in the face. And he goes, I'll do that every time instead of you giving me 100,000 won because you don't have 100,000 won. And so he's oh, like, Menko! Yeah. It
1: was the inspiration behind Pogs. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So they're they're doing this thing over and over again. And he's getting slapped in the face over and over again. But each time that he's winning, he's getting a hundred yen or a hundred one. Sorry. So by the end of it, he's got like a bunch of money, and the guy goes, "It's been really fun playing with you. If you want to play another game, here's a card. Go give this number a call, and uh, and we'll pick you up, and we'll we'll take you to a game where you can win a lot of money." And so he ends up being in a room with four hundred and fifty six other people. So he ends up sorry, following through on this because he finds out his mom's ill and all this other stuff. So four hundred and fifty five other people are in a big room and they they just basically start playing what are what are games that you would play in a schoolyard. So games that are universally known to the people of the people of Korea.
1: Such as Ram Shambo.
0: Stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so they have to play those games, but they're with a deadly twist. So the idea is that if you get it wrong, you fucking die. Um, and the first game is red light, green light, you know, where someone's got their back turned and when they turn around, you can't be moving. And they
1: go three, two. So play that. that It happens in an episode super Sentai as well. Does it? Yeah. Um,
0: there's some really, there's some really interesting games in this one. There's one where they've got 16 bibs. You take a bib. And then whatever number bib you've got is that's the position you're in. And you have to basically cross. They've got two bridges running next to each other and the bridges are just sheets of glass. And you have to hop from one sheet of glass to the next one. Some of them are reinforced glass and so they'll be able to take the weight of a person standing on them. And some of them are just regular gr- glass of so will break. If you try and jump on.
1: Them. No, that'll be dangerous. And it's
0: just like, a, they, they're basically trying to work out a way of getting past it. Um, And shit like that, like it's a really interesting concept and there's a lot of these like, um, there's like China, Japan, uh, like there's, there's a lot of these like death game mangas and, and, um, films coming out right now. Yeah, they love that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's very much like a comment on individualism and rising up and being given the chance to, you know, to, to somehow, somehow beat the odds and become that one person who's special. Um, one of the nice, it's one so of the
1: very special.
0: One of the nice, one of the nice um, things in this is there's a cameo from the actor who plays the main character in *I Saw the Devil*,
1: um. Sun
0: hyung Yu, I think. Um, he plays he plays a character in this, and it's only revealed sort of towards the end that he's got a cameo in it, and it's really cool seeing him. He's a lot older than he was in 2006, like physically, like he looks a lot older. It's very strange to see him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, that was like a nice sort of surprise in this. Um. Do, yeah.
1: Does he, um, does he torture any of them again? No, he's he like. he's loves the, torturing people. He's,
0: he's, a very speci- he's a very special character in the game itself. Uh, and sort of like his reveal. He one of the cards. No. His reveal is like a very, a very important uh. sexual thing. Like there's, there's like some really fucking, there's some really weird shit in there. Like one of the, one of the games is they, they have to go and pick a shape and you've got like, You've got a ball, you've got a star, you've got a triangle, and then you've got an umbrella. Wow. And you're like basically you you get in line at one of those and then you're get... in the shape? It's the shape of an umbrella. Yeah. So you get in line and they basically they go like, okay, so everybody take a package and they like get like these little metal like metal like circular things, like a film canister but smaller. Mm. And they go, they open it up and it's like, oh. And it's like, you have to cut out the impression of the shape in the honeycomb. <laughs> it's like this little bit of honeycomb and they're given a needle and they're basically just have to wear it away. But if they chip it or they break the shape, they can break the outside, but they can't break the shape. If they break the shape, they're shot immediately. So it's for these people just like, oh my God, oh my God. And all the people that got triangle are like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Getting it done. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's such a weird, it's such a weird and a very tense scene. Seeing these people trying to work out a way to work through this honeycomb and get like this shape cut out. It's it's fucking great. What a smart little thing. it's such a it's such a stupid idea. They
1: play dangerous games at school nowadays. So yeah. school kids in Japan are getting shot. Yeah. Or Korea. Yeah. Korea are getting shot. Well no, shot. It's,
0: it's meant to be all like sweets and stuff and like the the treats and stuff they have. Oh, um some sweets. There's another one where they've got like ten marbles each. And one character has a turn where they're basically like, they're like, oh no, you said odd, not even with another character that's got memory issues. And it's, it's all very sad and very difficult to sort of watch, especially when those two characters, the turn at that point is such a strange idea. Um You can sort of, you get like the underlying of frustrations between the two, but at the same time, like at no point did either of the characters show that that would ever be something they continue, especially when like the whole character up until that point is, Kind of making it fair so like other characters have a chance to win um yes yeah,
1: he's uh he's uh making him think he's a good guy and he's oh gonna... no
0: he like he genuinely is like even though he does yeah. bad things in pursuit of his addiction stuff um he doesn't like yeah. selfish yeah um but yeah like a really good series really enjoyed it um it's not perfect, there is always gonna be that issue. I think one of the biggest issues is that Netflix, instead of just having the Korean audio and then subtitles, they've released it immediately with English dubs and they're just bad. They're always just so bad and crap and bland and... uh, like You never really get a decent dub nowadays because there is done so cheaply. Um, So yeah. But uh, but other than that, you know, really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, in fact. I like a lot of this stuff. Like, there is...
1: Because you like watching Asians getting killed in I no, 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 can't no. believe you racism <laughs> against Asians
0: So there's uh there's a manga that I'm planning to read that's like uh, all about a gambler and he just like gambles his life and like gambles like his feet fin- a laughing salesman No No um, It's like Ishii the Gambler or something or something something the gambler um, but yeah it's all about this guy who's just addicted to gambling and the gamble- the gambling just gets more and more extreme like it starts out just being cards and then like he, he ends up going and playing Mahjong against someone. And he's like, Oh, I know Mahjong. And he like secretly, he's really shit at Mahjong or he doesn't know the rules. So he's just sort of like holding back and trying to like wait until someone else, someone else takes a turn. And then he's just doing his best to play along. And, uh, and it's in a game where he has risked like his finger and stuff like that. Like it's just weird shit like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna be reading that soon. But yeah, like this Squid Game, it's enjoyable enough. If you like this sort of thing, like I do, then you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna enjoy it. I think there are um, there are some interesting things they've introduced to this, like the game itself. The people, what was that? No idea. The game itself. The people have to want to be part of it. So there is a moment where like someone's like, I don't want to. Wait, do
1: this. this is just escape room.
0: No, it's not. No. <laughs> Because, like, so basically the idea is that... They, they
1: go through a certain set of challenges. Each challenge is some unique challenge and people die. No, but they, like, get rests
0: in between. They get fed. They they, yeah, they can sleep and stuff. There's not...
1: Yeah, but well, that's just the difference between Korea and America. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: And also they introduce this idea that if enough people just want to go, then they have a vote and then, like, whoever gets the most votes. So if it's leave or stay, they, whoever gets the most votes... Then the group will, you know, follow along with that decision. So they have a dem- a, like a democratic process there. Yeah, that's nice. They actually choose to leave at one point, and then they're all given cards, and they say like, "If you want to come back, you just call this number, and then we'll bring you back." And then ninety four percent of them come back, knowing that there's a chance they'll die. There's a very high chance they'll die. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but they might win. Yeah, they might win big. <clears throat> um, It's such a weird film. It's a weird series, sorry, it is really a weird series. And it's like the episodes are only half an hour long, and I think that the ending isn't satisfactory. But for the most part, I really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a Meg Ryan. Your review,
1: Smeg Ryan.
0: Maybe if you play cards right, your review, Anne. <laughs> Come on, these two blockbuster reviews you were talking about. Freaking... Oh, fuck off with it! You did it. Just shut up! I've had this since I was a kid. Yeah, and you broke it as an adult. that seemed a bit mean I'm sorry do you know how expensive
1: these things are no I don't fucking care (laughs) okay so I watched season one of Star Trek Deep Space Nine how'd that go it's really good yeah
0: yeah I'm
1: sorry so Deep Space Nine is the first Star Trek series not set on an Enterprise yeah or a starship Isn't that magical? Yeah. Um, This kicked off when Next Generation was entering season five or six? I can't remember. 1993. Anyway, six. Um, And it's set on a space station, and it's very different to Next Generation in a lot of ways, Mm. because, you know, rather than being explorers traveling through the stars, searching for the unknown, this is about like a bunch of people who are running a space station that has been been given to the Bajoran control Bajor Bajorans it's something that was a running story through the next generation were a race of peace loving people who got occupied by an, a race called the Kardashians yeah. and the Kardashians want to trade with the Federation stuff and as part of the treaty they've had to give Bajor back um, and in the process they've had to leave them with this space station that was orbiting Bajor Like yeah. so anything in Bajoran space belongs to the Bajorans now which includes the Kardashian space station And in order to help bring Bajor into the Federation eventually, because that's what they want, because they're, you know, they're struggling, they're still struggling from being occupied for years and being put in internment camps and all this sort of stuff. Is
0: Spidey Charged some sort of indictment on England's control of Hong Kong? No.
1: But there's, um, the Federation works with the Bajorans, so they've got a mixed crew. So half the people running the Deep Space Nine are Bajoran, separatists and nationalists and whatnot, who were like trying to bring take the country back all these years through the occupation and the federations there sort of like you know helping work together. Um and this the show's a nice mixture because you've got like you know your federations always all very straight-laced and no what they want was Bejour and it's so kind of a bit angry because they've been occupied for years and they want results and action. Um but the cool thing is is that the leader they send to the federation he's kind of not uh, he's not entirely on board with the federation a little bit he's a little bit rough around the edges now. So he's got Commander Cisco, played by Avery Brooks. Friggin' legend. And one of the things this show does that's amazing in the first episode, they set up, he fucking hates Picard with a passion in the first episode. Yeah. Because when Picard was taken over by the Borg, um, he was on a spaceship in the Battle of Wolf 359, which was the big spaceship battle where loads of starships were destroyed. Okay. And he lost his wife in the process of this battle. And he blames Picard for it. Or at least or at least not so much blames Picard, but he sees Picard as the face of that attack because he was accused of to and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Um and yeah, they don't get on very well. Um but the series like goes from there. Like in the first episode he's not sure if he really wants this job, they discover a wormhole, a stable wormhole. There's no stable wormholes. Normally they're pretty unstable, they'll collapse. In no they're turn. wormholes, aren't they? Yeah, but this one's a stable one. Oh, okay. The Bajorans think this um belongs to uh, is brought to them by um their gods, they call prophets. Um, and there's actually some aliens that live inside the wormhole that are like temporal entities. They don't really have any concept of time. Okay. Or anything like that. That's pretty sweet. Um, and you know, Cisco ends up chatting with them and stuff and weird stuff in the first episode.
0: So are they just like human? Like human? You don't know what
1: they are. They're just, they're, they're ethereal. They take on whatever form. It's like dreamlike states and shit. So they can't um, travel outside of the wormhole? No, they can't leave the wormhole. They're in, they're in oh, the wormhole. Okay, okay. But the Bajorans think they're like you know, deities who brought them gifts and stuff because over the years stuff's come through the wormhole. Which also they couldn't see from their planet. It's Mars yeah. way you know, they didn't have telescopes and stuff back then. Um, you know, all sorts of stuff happen. But the whole thing, the way the show plays out, is like it's sort of like uh like a procedural cop drama type thing on a space station. Okay. So rather than it being like, like, imagine like a old West like imagine something like Deadwood where there's a sheriff running the like the town that's out on the frontier and it's like it's right on the edge of the Badlands and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But maybe they're protecting the Great Railway. They've got a railway, and that's like their big link to the rest of the country. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um because this wormhole leads them to the Gamma Quadrant, which no one's ever been to before. Was it the Delta Quadrant? It's the Gamma Quadrant, Delta Quadrant's Voyager. Um So yeah, it's got this whole thing going on where usually you have some sort of mystery. There's a bar where people socialise at which is run by Armin Shimmerman's Quark Quark. He was one of the first Ferengi in Star Trek in the first episode. First time, well, the first Ferengi episode. And he's playing a different Ferengi in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got your, you know, your Chief Constable Odo, who's a life form no one understands. He's a shapeshifter. He turns into a liquid and can change shape. He's just a snake man. He's not a snake man. He's um, a snake face. But he's the only one of his kind. He came through the wormhole, apparently, at some point, years and years ago. That's, well, at least they find out that's where he came from because someone knew of his species Ooh. um but no the way the show plays out is like so different to Next Generation because there's still weird shite going on there's a couple of episodes that feel like they were Next Generation scripts that they transplanted to Voyager for the first series to try and get it going yeah but it's like transplanted from Next Generation um but it's more about like you know a murder mystery on the space station or some political upheavals going on. Like the finale for the series isn't like some big cliffhanger two parter where some major event happens. It's basically like the new potential religious leader of Bajor because mm. the previous one dies during the series, okay. or at least she ends up on a planet where she can't leave. Um, so she's basically dead. Um, they like she's sort of like uh pushing back against the teachings of the scientific. Answer to the wormholes, and she wants the school on the deep space nine to be teaching about the prophets and what the Bajorans believe and the spiritual stuff. And it leads to like a terrorist attack on the school and things like this, um, leads to an assassination attempt and all sorts of stuff. Like that's that's the season finale. It's like, and it's not like some big cliffhanger plot twist thing, but it leaves you with this whole thing where the person who's most likely to become the religious leader of Bajor, who they're going to have to work with might be a bit of a bad person that we don't want to be working with. And the whole show's full of these sort of, like, people not being exactly who you think they are. Um, Like, they introduced Garak on the show, who's one of the greatest Star Trek characters ever. He's a Kardashian-Taylor, the only Kardashian that stayed behind on the space station. And you're sort of like, why are you still here on the space station? All the other Kardashians left. And why would one Taylor stay behind? And he seems incredibly suspicious and has a lot of... um, sort of he speaks in riddles every now and again not riddles like the Riddler but like you know we've met a lot of hiding his words a little bit (coughs) maybe you don't know exactly what he means Um, he's also quite gay quite clearly very gay and they were writing him as gay but they couldn't just come out and say he's gay Um, but like he's an interesting character as the show goes on he's one of the most interesting guys in it and he's only in like about 20 episodes over the run of the series Mm. but um, Garak's one of the most fantastic characters in in the whole of Deep Space Nine yeah because um, you don't know Is he a spy Have the Kardashians Left him there as a spy Or maybe he can't Go back to Cardassia Because maybe he's done Something pretty bad And you don't know You'll find out As the show goes on Yeah But um, yeah It's a neat one They, they only bring over Like one character From Next Generation Which is um, O'Brien Because I think In Next Generation They were always trying To find things To give Cole Meany to do Because he wasn't One of the main cast He was meant to be One of the You know the guys That you just have You know they're sitting at the navigation desk for an episode. Yeah. Or they're like the guy who brings a report to Picard. Yeah. And he started off like that in Next Generation but the guys just liked him so the writers just kept bringing him back because they quite like Cole Meany. And so they in this series they're like, yeah, make him one of the main cast. Give him a proper role. Make him the chief engineer on the station. Constantly trying to fix the food replicators. Mm. Um, There's also like there's some of the characters like you can feel this feels a lot more like they've established what they want from the show than Next Generation did in the first series. But Next Generation's first series was Butting up, but they were butting heads with Gene Roddenberry and what he wanted, and like the writing team wanted something different, and then different people wanted different things, and you didn't really flesh out characters in the first series, yeah. Which led to one one of the actors leaving. Um Although the person who killed her, the monster who killed her, was in the late session episode of Lower Decks. It was just quite funny. Wait, <laughs> the monster that kills Tashi are in Next Generation, they prank all him. They have a stone at the end of the episode that lets them boom their voice onto another planet. Oh yeah. So they prank Kowalski, the I've Sludge Monster. The next episode. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, just I at the end of the episode. Um but anyway, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, um you get characters like Jadzia Dax, who through this series they don't really know what to do with her. Yeah. They I think they sort of position her as being the Spock data, like, you know, I'm the sciencey one, who's always very sciency and doesn't have much character, but every now and again you get a little bit of character. Because she's she's got the potential, you can tell right from the start, to be a much more interesting character than she lets on. Mm. She she's like her character's a trill and trills have a symbiont in them. And a the symbiont, oh, they share like this. Better than Stargate. Oh. They share this They share the memories with them. And when the host dies, the symbiont moves on to a new. gets Is it surgically transferred it? onto another person. And she's like the ninth sim- host this symbiont's had.
0: Does she get sad about it, though?
1: No, she's just got oh. the symbiont. They're one person. They're like a merging of their personalities. Yeah, so she's got like nine lifetimes of memories. And
0: it goes inside of them. How does it go inside? Does it
1: like have like a thing where it can come out? And they have a surgery. They have to cut their chest open and put it inside their abdomen and oh, so this is elected and it yeah you have to you have to, symbiotes have to be particular be chosen oh, the right. host has to be chosen specially like venom and Eddie yeah. rock you can't just chuck a symbiote into anyone it was a major plot point in star trek discovery
0: and venom
1: um but yeah just like they could do a lot more with a character who has nine lifetimes of experience but they don't really show much of her character in this she's a little bit cheeky every now and again but by the time the next series rolls on they when Series 2 and Series 3 and all that kick off they really know what they're doing with her and she's a lot more of a fun sort of cheeky sardonic character but not in this series. But it's, it's really good and you know I've met some of the cast of Deep Space Nine.
0: Was it Odo because he's uh, fucking dead now isn't
1: he? Yeah Rene Auberjonois. Who? No. Rene Auberjonois. Snake Man? No. No I met, um, I met Nana Visitor. Who? She plays Kira Nerys.
0: Whoopi Goldberg?
1: No. And um Armin Schumerman. Who plays Quark. Oh He was man. the head teacher in Buffy Everybody's the Vampire Slayer. Met
0: Quark.
1: He met the bu- He was the head teacher in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh
0: they were in the first season of yeah, um... I met
1: Beverly Crusher as well once. And Jonathan Frakes. I met some next generation cast. Never met any Voyager cast.
0: Let's make it so. I wanna hang out with
1: um Jerry Rhyme. Who? You know, seven of nine. Oh yeah. Yeah, she she's lovely. She,
0: she, she uh, in the new in the new Picard show, yeah, she went. I'm gonna be right back, guys. I know I said I'm gonna kill all these people, but I'm gonna be right back. I'm Pro- not gonna kill all these people. Beam me down to the planet. No, said, I
1: promise I won't do anything. Can I have your guns?
0: She takes the I two biggest should. guns she can, and then she goes beam me down, and they're like, "Are you going down to the surface with two inorganic devices?" And she's like, "Nah." Pew, 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 Just, just walks through firing giant machine guns. It's fucking terrible. Picard, season two, coming soon. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the greenlit season three already. Have they? Yeah. Is Picard still a machine? Yeah, apparently, I guess. He's still a robot? I guess. That's good. It's an android now, just like he always wanted.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what... That's, that's why they called him the cutest.
1: Yeah, no, Deep Space Nine. Little cutest. <laughs> Deep Space Nine is a good... Show Good ass show. Yeah, every now and again you see Rom appears in it. I like Rom. Who? He's Quark's brother. Oh, in this I series, it was random,
0: random. No, in
1: in this series they keep referencing him. He's Nog's father. Nog, the guy who played Nog died as well. Um, but um, racist. He he's his father, and he's not very bright. And he comes. He's supposed to be a bit of a buffoon. But the first couple of times you see him, the voice isn't there yet, and the character's not really Is there. Is
0: he like the little weird snivelly Quark friend?
1: There's a little title, ty- there's a kid one, it's Nog. Oh, okay. Rom's Nog's, Nog's dad. But Rom becomes one of the major characters in the show as it goes on. Yeah, he becomes it, like a good Quark. Well, he, it turns out he's a complete technical genius. And in the first series they make out he's got no, like, <laughs> intelligence in the slightest. When does Odo
0: become a snake?
1: He doesn't become a snake. He becomes a big snake man, doesn't he? No, nah, he morphs into all sorts of stuff. Water. Uh, it turns into a, like a bird thing in one episode. Mostly water. But
0: it's good. He's got a real weird-looking face. I can Which see why I, they picked him.
1: It's not his real face, it's makeup.
0: His face looks pretty similar to that. In no. real, well, not now, but <laughs> it did back in
1: the day. Who's so rude to René? <laughs> was say his name again? René <laughs> <laughs> He was in um, Batman Forever. Was he? Yeah, he's um, Edward Digman's boss. You know, when he gets pushed out the window on the chair.
0: The one who looks like a snake? That's no. Him. no, he, he doesn't right look that,
1: like a snake. It's got a snake man face. But um, no. First series has got some great episodes. A real standout early episode is the one where there's a virus on the ship that makes everyone lose the ability to form words and read words and stuff like that. That basically messes with the centre of their brain that perceives perceives words. I've heard So everyone's saying nonsense and they have to try and find a way to um, fix stuff on the space station.
0: Weird they predicted the anti vaxxer virus
1: back in the day. That's not. That's not that's, Did you know you're just that? just try an excuse to shout 90 facts did and stuff. Do you know that 5G? It doesn't work. It doesn't work as a comedy, but it doesn't make sense.
0: 5G causes COVID. Mm. Did you know that if you cut open a, a mask, sim cards come out? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and people see that! Yeah. And they go, Oh no! <laughs> it's no power! What's powering the SIM card? Have they never Seen a single The
1: fibres Are Transmit <laughs> like, I
0: saw I saw one Where someone said Tell me why There's this Ain't little chip
1: but a heart what?
0: They say Tell me why there's this little chip Saying COVID In this machine And obviously It's ID Connection ID But like one <laughs> of the lines It says It says COVID Anyway Deep
1: Space Nine's really good <coughs> <laughs> They're an anti vax First series no, no, no. It's good But they were all on their phones There's an episode where Q's in it And um, Q's doing his usual Q stuff Yeah at play, at Playing a bit of a, He's having a bit of a lark And he um, Makes he, he creates a boxing match Between him and Cisco, And he's like Haha, Ha 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 what he doesn't expect Is Cisco just walks up to him And punches him in the face And he's like Picard never punched me And he's like I ain't Picard I off. wrote the fong song. He didn't write the fong song. Cisco did not write the fong song.
0: <laughs> Who did? Cisco. <laughs> I wonder if it was secretly like if it was secretly like Doctor Dre. It's like I want to write a fun summer song.
1: <laughs> anyway, what's your last review? Uh,
0: my last review is Death Loop, and if you feel like I've already reviewed this, it's because it's a time loop.
1: You haven't reviewed it. Oh yeah, that's a point. It's like groundhog. aren't real.
0: It's like Groundhog Day, but is that your stomach? Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, but instead of it being a fun whimsical thing,
1: Groundhog Day is depressing.
0: So <laughs> Bill Murray and the groundhog.
1: This Phil is- Connors dies thousands of times. He lives thousands of lifetimes. He deserves
0: it. Oh wait, no, Phil Connors. That's his name. Phil. Phil Connors? Yeah, sorry, who's the dickhead that says that? Me. Um, So, I've been playing Deathloop. It's a new Bethesda game. And interestingly for a Bethesda game, it's not on Xbox. It's a PS5 exclusive. But it's also on PC. Anyway, so Deathloop, you play a guy named Colt who wakes up finding out that he's on an island where, regardless of what happens, the day will also always reset. So whether you die, go to sleep, or just reach midnight, That day is coming back around for you, the exact same day, the exact same stuff.
1: Can you try making a sentence without a weird weird noise? No. So, you play as Colt, and you
0: you find out... I was going to review Rick and Boy, but it was bad. Um, So, you play as Colt, and you you just basically have to kill eight people to stop the loop, because each eight of those people are integral to the loop continuing. So, killing them, they're called the visionaries killing them is so drastic that it will stop the loop from occurring. So you can break the loop if you kill the eight visionaries. And from there, it is... Oh. one oh, tasted weird. <coughs> from there, it's uh, it's essentially just like Dishonored. You have powers that you can get. You have guns and upgrades you can achieve. And then using certain uh, materials that you collect from killing the visionaries, you can make it so that you... Visionaries... Not the, not the figures. Not the Knights of the Magical no. Light? No. Oh. So using using those mm. materials gathered, you can make it so that when you wake up the next day, you have maybe a better weapon. <sighs> or you have one of those powers that you've stolen from one of the visionaries. But if you don't, then you just wake up, same day, milli vanilli, machete, machine gun. Let's hologram. do this. Pardon? Hologram powers. no, no hologram powers. Oh. A sweet jacket, though.
1: I want some visionaries. Uh, The holograms don't work anymore though, they kinda stop working. And what's
0: really interesting is that instead of it being a case of like the day resets and you're just stuck reliving that same thing over and over again, each day because Cole's retaining his memory, your objectives change as you learn more and more about the environment and how to kill those eight targets as as quickly as possible to avoid, you know, having the having to start the day again after killing, say, seven. And the whole time you're doing it, there is a woman who is aware of the? Who's aware of the situation? Aware that you're coming back repeatedly, but is looking to um, looking to stop you from doing it. She's protecting the loop,
1: ah. and
0: the way she does that is by killing you three times. Ah. Killing
1: um, you three times. Killing me
0: softly, because you have the ability to come back three times. So you have like a temporal. Mini loop within the big loop.
1: So they created a whole big fussy thing to explain lives. No, the it's, concept of it's, it's extra, not they extra lives. It,
0: they call it a collect hundred rings and you get extra lives. No, they call it immortality. So instead of being immortality, you don't live forever. That one day repeats forever. Regardless of what happens, that loop is always happening. So everyone who's on there retains the knowledge they learn each day in the loop except for Colt who wakes up with no memory at the beginning of the game and then steadily as the game goes on you learn more and more about yourself and you retain you learn more and more about what's going on um, it's a really interesting concept it looks fucking great it works really well on the PS5 I haven't tried the multiplayer which is where you play as the woman who is <coughs> stop Colt so there's like a weird Dark Souls style invasion mechanic where you can invade other people's games as the woman and you basically just shoot them and try and stop them from uh, I don't like them. that
1: it's yeah, it's not great. I don't like invasion, but I haven't
0: played it yet, so I've just heard it's not great. invasion. Um, I'm really fucking enjoying the game. The guns are a bit limited, but I think that's because I'm still early doors in what what you can actually do there. Um, I've I've put in. I'm about ten hours in. Um, I haven't killed everyone yet. I've killed most of them once, um, or I've like done two or three during one loop. But there are ways that you can sort of you can rack up a big body count by doing certain things so you sort of have to find the path to do that it's a bit like Hitman in that way like there are little sneaky things you can do and you can learn to try and try and cut the people up as quickly as possible it feels a lot like it's Dishonored speed on it. it feels a lot like Dishonored with powers <laughs> and stuff you can get um, but fuck the uh, voice acting's good in this that's one of the things that's, that's great is the voice acting is all really really good um, your radio—they do that thing with the dual sense controller, where your radio actually gives you the um, radio in the game, so people talk through the controller mic. Oh, I don't like that. A, they need to stop speaker. talking. I don't want my controller you talking. You can to actually me. turn it down or turn it off. I'll turn it off. So yeah. you can turn it off. Um, and also the dual sense when you're running, you've got the whole left foot, right foot. It's really good little motors in there working away.
1: Oh, I hope that dies out soon.
0: And gunfire is really cool. <laughs> Lots of gun jamming, which is a bit frustrating. Or flavor jam. But yeah, like I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm fucking I'm enjoying it. Um Yeah, I don't. I don't really have much else to say. I think it's been pretty heavily publicized because it's like, what is it? The first actual exclusive game on the PlayStation Five, outside of what fucking no, Little Big Planet was on both. We got Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. So second mm. exclusive on the Playroom. That's not really a game. That's like a tech demo. That's a
1: game. Sh- you racist. Um, but yeah, like all, really enjoying it. Really, really strong game. Um, Isn't Scarlet Nexus only? So no, it's on everything. It's right? on everything.
0: Um, but I just want to talk about racist and for Ragnarok, and uh, God of War Ragnarok for a second. What? Apparently, mm. people are upset because there's a black lady in God of War Ragnarok. Oh no, it's a nice giant. who's black. Um,
1: it's a girl. It's a little girl.
0: Yeah, she's a nice giant. Apparently, she's quite small. Yeah. Um, I don't think they realize a black guy plays Kratos. <laughs> I don't think they really realise that, you know? Doesn't matter. They're fucking cunts, aren't they? I thought
1: they were all upset about Four wasn't hunky enough for them. That's kind
0: of accurate. Because someone
1: photoshopped him to have abs and stuff, and they're like, <laughs> hire fans. One of those types, wasn't it?
0: Probably like the quartering or something like what that.
1: people who friggin' photoshopped alloy from Horizon. Oh,
0: yeah, didn't they fuck up like it? Like... They'd
1: put a face through one of those like beauty yeah. filters and were like, hire fans, we'll give you better designs. Oh I'm like, fuck off.
0: I really don't understand people anymore. I think that's what it is. I think I don't understand people. Um but yeah, definitely if I understand. Um it's really fucking good. It's um it immediately grabs you 'cause like you, you start finding out all these things. I think the menus could do with a little simplifying because they are a fucking nightmare. The menus are a maze. Because you've got like different pages for objectives and then you've got clues and things that you find out. But the game automatically tells you when those clues Spider-Man's are
1: Spider-Man's exclusive on PS5. No, it's not. Spider-Man. Mars Morales. Morales.
0: No, it's on PS4 as well.
1: Yeah, it's the same console. It's the same game. It's the same PlayStation. It's the same game. You it's on PlayStation.
0: PS4. Yeah, no, but it's not a PS5 exclusive.
1: You're PS5 exclusive.
0: You're Piss 5 exclusive, you yeah. fucking...
1: Piss 5.
0: Piss 5. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good just game. Just piss. Like I said, it's a good game. Yeah. It's a good game. There are a couple of things that I'd tweak... The menu system is a big one. Um, but all in all, it is, it is a fucking, it's, it's a beautiful looking game and it's, everything works really well. It's just such a solid, solid game, but it is not going to be for everyone. I reckon this gameplay could get very frustrating. It doesn't quite reach the levels of something like, Something like a survival game, it it probably doesn't fit into those niches of people that like that survival stuff. A survival game? Yeah, because you know, like, the whole repeating day kind of gives you infinite possibilities for how you approach things, and you can just fuck about. It's like a sandbox, almost. Survival game. So it's almost like a sandbox in in the environments that you're given, but at the same time, it's still limited by the progression of the storyline and such. And yeah, like I said, you don't need to see those documents. They don't need their own tab in the menu system where you select where you're going to turn up. Doesn't really make any sense for them to be in there when they're not crucial to you finding out where to go next, because the game automatically updates your objectives to let you know when to go or where to
1: go. Just giving you stuff to read.
0: They also give you like a chronological map where you can set the objectives. But then there's another objective page where you can just set them in a list that makes a lot more sense. It's a lot easier to read. So it's a bit strange, but you know those are choices they've obviously made for reasons that that they can see. Um, and maybe I just... I'm too early in the game to know why they've done it. I'm going to give it a Meryl Streep. It's fucking fantastic. It's not perfect, but it's fucking fantastic. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to continue playing it.
1: Do you remember when Meryl Streep had to make um, a choice?
0: Between Roman Polanski and her
1: no. love of dildos. And Sophie's choice.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about um, Kramer versus Kramer. But mm-hmm. right the end she makes a choice of not having a kid. After going to court to get a kid. Do you remember the film? Oscar winning term by Dustin Yeah, Hoffman. I, know fi- I know the film.
1: Sex Pest. But, um Sophie's Choice has
0: Oh, they found that woman's body. Which woman? Oh, maybe it's not her body. No. They've uh you remember those Who are you on about? You know what I said about that guy that that travelled a thousand miles, got home. I oh, was one of the proclaimers. Girlfriend... One of the proclaimers. No. His name is his name is He walked Brian Laundry. And he went on a trip with his girlfriend and at some point she went missing. The point that she went missing, the point that he gave, was a thousand miles away from his home. He then drove her van back to his home and then just went home. And then when the police were like, where's your girlfriend gone? He's like, I'm probably not going to speak to anyone until my lawyer's around. And it's like, guilty. (laughs) He fucking killed his girlfriend. But they've just found a body. In Wyoming, which was, I think, the lowest. Oh, it's in
1: America. Why do I care if it's in America? Oh, right. Sorry. God's sake.
0: Sorry, mate. All right. What were you saying?
1: I thought you were on about Britain.
0: Oh, no, nothing interesting it happens m- in Britain. M-
1: proclaimers aren't in America.
0: <laughs> 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 Fucking Elon Musk is such a twat. All right, your review, Ed. And I would walk 500, 500 miles, miles But not miles. if the lawyer said to stay at
1: home mm, that's not the lyrics. And
0: not give evidence in the case Of my missing girlfriend a while back Would it be?
1: Why can't he just Pistorius her? What, sure,
0: whilst well, she's taking a shit? Yeah, like... Oh no, he was taking a shit She was in the house He went, she spooked me And shot her Oh, it was her body It was her body And
1: you're making fun of it It
0: was her body That's the picture of them too it was her body they found. Fuck.
1: Well, out a fun. He definitely killed her. Well, it. fine, it's a really fun thing to bring up during the podcast.
0: Apparently someone has tweeted, she touched the world, and a picture of her standing in front of some wings. Fuck fuck's sake. This is fucking... This is already getting weird. Mm. <laughs> Why is it getting weird, Ant?
1: So that's your view. You're reviewing...
0: This this case? Yeah. Your review, Ant, come on.
1: I watched The Vast of Night. What? The Vast of Night.
0: Wait, which one's this? It, it's a film. The one with the radio. Yeah.
1: Oh. Right. So the film
0: has <laughs> a radio. Has a
1: radio. It's not just a radio. There's other stuff going on. Radio okay. playing so, all night long. So the film's set over an evening. There's a game going on in town. It's set in the 1950s. There's, yeah. a, there's a big game going on at the uh yep. basketball football, it's I a don't spunky know. It's young lady. I think it's basketball. I don't know. It's 1950s. Probably I not basketball. It was football. Might American be football, football, but it's indoors. Yeah, it's
0: probably so, basketball.
1: Um, I don't know, but anyway, two characters have to work. Yep. There's one guy who works at a radio station, the other girl, she works at a switchboard. She's For the a kids reporter. who she's not a reporter. For kids who don't know what a switchboard is, I'm going to have to explain. You probably don't know what a switchboard is. Okay, so in the olden days, when so you f- it's a
0: switch, it's a switch accessory. You plug your uh, Joy-Cons into no. it. Unless you skateboard.
1: In the old days, you, you if you wanted to make a phone call, right? There weren't many phones in town.
0: Yes, there were. There weren't many phones. There were phones everywhere. No, there wasn't.
1: There wasn't many phones. And you called up the switchboard and you said, I want to go through to this number. And then they would physically take a plug that's connected to your line and plug it into the other person's line. So the call would go through to that person's house or whatever. Right. That's how you made phone calls back in the old days when there was like four numbers in a phone number. Like, sometimes these, there was a shop around the corner used to always have four numbers up because they never bothered updating their sign. Their phone number was like 4978, and that was it. Like, we got six numbers in the 80s, man, or the early 90s. I remember when that happened. Really? But anyway, that's, that's what a switchboard is. So the girl's there, she's using the switchboard, and she gets a call, and she picks it up. No one's answering, but this weird noise is going... Barely audible. ...noise. And she, it happens a couple of times. Yeah. And there's like a whole scene. It goes on for like 10 minutes of... Yeah. Her answering phones, calling other people who work on the switchboard, saying, hey, do you recognise this noise? Is this something you've had before? No. And then she calls her buddy, the guy who works over at the radio station. Yeah. And she plays it to him. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play this over the air and see if anyone recognises it. Yeah. So he plays it over the radio station. And they get a call from a guy called Billy, who's like a bit mysterious. He's all like, you know, when we were in the military, sometimes we had to do things. We had to go and collect stuff, or we had to move things from places, and we weren't were told what they were. We were just told we had to move them. Yeah. And he says, and there was all sorts of strange stuff that would happen. And, you know, you'd, you'd hear things and you'd see things. And that noise you just played over the radio was something I heard back then. And they're sort of like, ooh, mysterious stuff. And they're trying to unravel what's going on. They get one call come through. It says there's lights in the sky. the dance going on. There's, like, something's terrifying them. And the whole film is basically set over probably about the course of an hour and a half, two hours. It's all back and forth. Characters moving from one place to another. Yeah, um, Lots of really inventive stuff going on and they're trying to unravel the mystery of what this sound is where it's coming from what these reports of lights are they start uncovering some stuff about weird shit that's been going on in their town which I won't spoil because it's got some creepy stuff happens in it yeah um, but the film is directed by a guy called Andrew something or the other I can't remember his name Andrew Andrew but um, his name's actually not on the credits it's kind of interesting he he for some reason hasn't put his name on the credits of the film Because he's ashamed. Um, He wrote the film. He produced it. He edited it. um, He composed some of the music. He directed it. And his name doesn't appear. I think his name only appears on the teleplay credit. There's no director on this film. There isn't like a pseudonym for a director. Mm. There's just no director's credit. Yeah. I don't know if that's him being arty or something. But um, he's called... uh, Alan Smithy. Andrew Patterson. Yeah. And this is his first film. Brother of Robert. And... What's really cool about this is, like, I haven't seen a film for years that felt truly original and unique. Like, the way this is shot is unlike anything. It's yeah. like, for a lot of the film, it's constantly acting like a voyeur thing and you're following the characters and it feels like someone's watching them and walking around, but it's still cut into other places. Yeah. But not peep show style where it's like, no, no, no. You feel like you're in someone's head, but you get that impression you're floating around the characters as they're talking. And there's a hell of a lot of the characters just walking and talking and they're like, She's the girl at the start, the girl who works at the teleboard, She's got a radio, a recorder she's just managed to get, mm-hmm. like a dictaphone recorder, which is a big old hefty thing back then. Yeah. And her and the radio guy are like, you know, he's interviewing her and they're just playing, doing a mock interview and she's talking about future technology she's read about in like a te- technical science magazine. Yeah. She's talking about how everyone's going to have a little telephone in their hand that they'll be able to flip open and it'll be like a little clamshell thing and they'll have a video on it and you'll be able to talk to people in color on the other side of the, moon, on the world and how they're going to build tubes that you can get in and you can get on a train in New York and end up in, like, San Francisco in, like, an hour and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, don't be crazy about all that this all the futuristic cyber talk. It's not real. And all this sort of stuff.
0: That lady? That lady was...
1: Uh... She got to be Margaret Thatcher. No.
0: <laughs> I was going to say Eartha Kit
1: for no. some reason. <laughs> um, But no, there's, like, there's stuff like that. They're just, like, walking and talking, not yeah. chatting. chain. Um, I can see like how a bunch of people would probably find this. Boy, if you look on IMDb, it's got like loads of bad reviews from people like "boy, film nothing happens in it do not nothing, nothing blah. like that." Because there, people, some people have the attention span of a gnat.
0: Not starring Wesley Snipes
1: Blade, as I
0: assumed <laughs> when
1: picking this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, no, um, there's like some amazing shots in the film. Like there's one sequence where the girl's um, Faye is the girl's name. She's working at the switchboard. She goes, to, she's like stressed out from the whole thing. She stops to have a break and she likes a cigarette she was given earlier as a prop. He yeah. was like, hold the cigarette because it'll, you know, act like a prop when she's talking on the radio, when they do the mock interview because mm-hmm. it, yeah. no, it relaxes you because you've got something to fiddle with in your hand while you're talking. Yeah. Makes you more, it's a trick that they do actually do. Um, but she likes a cigarette, starts smoking, the camera sweeps out of the t- um, thing and she's waiting for the other guy to start playing it on the radio. Mm. and the camera goes all the way through the town, and it's like one continuous shot, sweeping down streets, going past where the game is. It goes into the the hall, where um, they're playing his basketball, um, and the camera sweeps around, and it goes up through the audience, and out through a window, and then shoots around town, past the house, and goes up to the radio, and just pulls straight into the guy sat there, about to start playing, the tune mm. on the radio, and all this. Um, and this film's made on like, I think it was on like a $700,000 budget. Or well, dreaded and a grand. Yeah, but this whole... That drone that I mean it's a drone shot for sure. No yeah. one could walk that. It's a little it's
0: a little dude who's very good at racing drones.
1: But um no that you motion control it. You fire the path through and then you make it track the path and then make it repeat the path. Oh, okay, yeah. Um and then make sure no one stands in the way like of the all lights, basically the blades as they mm. spin around. But um really cleverly done, like super well rehearsed that bit, because obviously they would have to have the It's the like stuff. a wonder, isn't it? It's yeah. that's kind of the thing. But it's not a trick one. It's is no. like Beautifully well done. Um, there's loads of cool stuff as well, like Faye's not used to driving in cars and stuff, mm. and the radio guy steals a car. Um, and she's like, oh, God, the switchboard, because she's left it for like 20 minutes, mm. and she starts running for it, and he's like, for God's sake, and gets in the car and drives after her to get get in the car, woman. <laughs> and then she does it again later, because she's still not thinking about the whole, she has a car to use, even though he's stolen it. There's a, there's a a. She does steal shot. a bike.
0: There's a tracking <laughs> shot as she's going through a car park. And I can't remember, I think it is this film, there's a tracking shot where she's going through a car park and the camera, the way it's positioned, yeah. is over the, over the boot of the, so it's like, so it must be supported on like an arm, but it's over the boot and it gives it a really weird, like, as it goes past each of the cars because it's like, it's losing sight of her, like, slightly as she goes uh, past yeah, the like car
1: park. parks, I can remember. No? No, uh, a little tiny car park outside the school, but that camera just walks along with them. Oh, okay. It? I don't know.
0: But I don't know where that shot is but it's like a really interesting shot like the way yeah. that it's almost like the the camera's looking into the cars yeah. and then looking for it The and it's a bit
1: like where they're chatting to some people in a car and the camera's floating around them as they're Nah, it's, like, it's like an indie film
0: like this but yeah. it is a tracking
1: shot but, um, um, no well. the film's fantastic like it's yeah. nice to see a film that feels truly original like barely any cast like such a small cast member like the full proper talking characters in the film is probably like seven people yeah um there's like some stuff that happens as it goes along that's quite creepy and original in mm. a, in an original way. Um, it's not a horror though, but it's just it's so funny. Yeah, and it's fair? um it's presented a bit like a Twilight Zone thing at the start. Yeah, like the film starts off with a shot of a 1950s house and there's a black and white TV, and it's playing like a title sequence, like a Twilight Zone type thing. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans into it, and the first scene starts playing after this title zone sees a Twilight Zone sequence. So like black and white TV, and then it fades into colour, and, and you're into the TV, yeah. And the film starts, and every now and again it will cut back to that as you're watching, like the character doing something else. That's cool. Um, but like yeah, and there's the soundtracks all um, horns and brass instrument stuff. Um, it sounded a lot like perhaps Contraption, which is a band that I, I'm probably the only person who knows. Um, it was like a brass band featuring, but. At the same time, perhaps contraption, and I assume the composer of this film both take the influences heavily from Philip Glass, um, which is what it sounds like. It sounds a lot like Kwan's Catsy soundtrack. Yeah. I'm getting into the art house cinema here that yeah. I haven't spoken about. This is what happens, yeah. I can't always be talking about Shang Chi and comparing it to other superhero movies. Sometimes I'm going to talk about the weird arty film above time lapses of photography set to Philip's Glass soundtrack. we got arty films on this podcast. You've never talked about Kwan's Catsy. No, I haven't. <laughs> but anyway um, The Vast of Night it's on Amazon Prime yeah, it's really good yeah it's been on there it's for a while Prime, yeah. it, is, it's it was a, shot in 2016 took them years to get it released
0: it's a nice film to just sit down and you haven't watched on. it yeah I
1: have no you haven't Yeah, you didn't know what it was you didn't know what I was talking about hey, I didn't know I watched it ages ago no you didn't you liar
0: no I didn't you such mean... a big liar <sighs> oh, I watched it ages ago um, Red Letter Media did a review mm. of it like a mm. year ago
1: your mum did a review of it. Year Maybe ago. longer than that now,
0: like a year and a half. Your face did a review of it. Uh, yeah. I watched it when I was on thinking it wasn't for me, but again, sci-fi is. You don't know good films. Sci-fi isn't something that I really focus on, but uh,
1: that's because the most complex film you ever watched was. Um, oh, I was like, give me a second. Two. I'm gonna pick of. Um, uh, the Master of Disguise.
0: Yeah, you uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> the Dana Carvey classic. Yeah. With.
1: Uh, do you remember that film... There was a scene in that film... You know he's in the turtle costume? Yeah. And they filmed that on 9-11? Yeah, I know. Uh, there's a whole bit where they're like mourning... And he's dressed up in the turtle costume. <laughs> there's a photo of that on the set. I know, I know. Um, <laughs>
0: What was it the other day that's And that's <laughs>
1: somehow the least... Not the most embarrassing thing that happened that day... Because there was the whole bush in the school. Yeah. just There
0: was... There was someone that... What was it that someone... Someone posted an old movie thing... And it was like... <laughs> coming! September September 20, 2001... <laughs> I saw that and tweeted. Probably, probably pushed that back a couple of weeks. Didn't glitter, it?
1: glitter came out. Was
0: it glitter? that week? Maybe that was it. But um, but yeah, like I put probably not the worst thing to happen on two thousand one. Right.
1: But um, anyway, the director of this film, he's made another film. Andrew Patterson, he's made another film. He's filmed it apparently. Yeah. No one knows what it's called yet. Oh, so it's uh, some thriller. He's done a revenge yeah. thriller apparently.
0: Oh fuck.
1: What. Oh, I had a film I was going to talk about Well you've missed your chance now You have to do it next time Can I Can I quickly No Next Please, time can I Next I just... time on Create Apocalypse Matt reviews Whatever this bullshit is oh, He wants to talk god, about Oh god I
0: just want to talk
1: about it from my... And you spoke about Dead Space for like 30 minutes
0: Can we Can we just Can we quickly just talk about something No
1: because I don't want to Have to put this in there you No no but time. we don't have to
0: Put it in there I just want to talk I about... want to end it now Because you're talking about A good film I want to talk about this film
1: No you haven't watched so, Any good I films I've got things to do at midnight You know I don't Shut up <laughs> Because I need to see Malignant. Do you actually want to see it? I want to watch Malignant. Okay, because I've got a Because it sounds like the greatest film that's it's ever not. been made. It sounds like exactly my sort of shit. It's, you know, like, I was in the cinema. The woman has a conjoined fetus thing growing out of her head.
0: I was, I was in the she cinema. She runs
1: around backwards and stomps was, on people.
0: I was in the cinema. And like, I was like, oh, I'm seeing Malignant. And he was like, what the fuck is Malignant? And I don't know. And this is like opening weekend last weekend and I was sitting there and I was like I was like oh, I can't wait for this to start and like like boof, and like, you're in a hospital and there's like these really campy shots it's a bit like Jurassic Park and they're like shoot ah! there's this people in front of a hospital where I was like this is great this is like watching an 80s film and then it completely stops dead and it feels like a different movie and I was like yeah
1: until the last 20 minutes <laughs> when it was insane and that's why I think this might be the greatest film ever made. That unfortunately, no one can be told what malignant is. I was only, you I was have a, to see it for yourself. Was, that's oh, a line in a film. There
0: was only seven people in the cinema. And like there was a couple. And when the ending happened, the girl went, Ah! Was, she, she turned around to see. And I was there like, What is this? And, She's literally scared. I was like, of oh, what?
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I'm going to review this next week.
0: Yeah, can we both, can we
1: both talk I about this? I need to, I need to watch it.
0: I'll bring, I'll, I've got, I've got HBO Max, so I can just, win you over a copy. Oh, malignant though. I want, I fucking, Ligma. I was so excited to talk about it. I'm glad that you want to watch it though, because that means at least. Because it, it
1: looks like extremely my shit. It's not.
0: <laughs> I'm going to laugh at this so I'm going to rewatch it.
1: i will rewatch it the bit where the woman falls through the ceiling looks hilarious.
0: Mate, like, <laughs> the scene where she, she, like, she gets pushed against the wall and then she mm. slumps down on the floor and she just goes, like, ah! Ah, blood! <laughs> it's just like, it's like,
1: ah! She's tired, she had a hard day at work.
0: I've torn my scalp before and you go like that and you go, there's blood on my hand, and there should be blood on my hand, and then your head starts feeling warm. And you don't want to fall asleep, you just, you feel pain. Like a lot. No, of no,
1: you go have a nice sleep. Oh, that's
0: so fucking. We're gonna talk about malignant next time. It's gonna be just a malignant episode. <laughs> we'll just talk about that. I'll tell you what, actually, because I don't. When is the next episode going to be released? So the third of October. That's Metroid Dread's not going to be out yet. Potentially, No Time to Die is going to be out. Do you want to do a B movie horror episode where we just talk about horror films for Halloween?
1: No, because I'm going to be. Um... We might have stuff to talk about. Okay, malignant.
0: malignant. <laughs> I'm gonna review Malignant. <laughs> this is the second can review end of Malignant. This now? Yeah, and alright. This has been Crit Apocalypse episode 169. You can find Ant uh, at uh, LP54 Space Monkey <clears throat> on Twitter. You can also find him as Reacting's yeah uh, Reacting Sentai Yoha Ranger mm-hmm. on YouTube and as Mellow Gaming and Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube.
1: Just, I remembered it. No one's gonna subscribe. No one listens this far into the. Yeah, thing. What's your telephone number? Let's give out your telephone number. No, well. right. Uh, so you can goodbye. find
0: me at CritApocalypse on YouTube and Twitter, and my telephone number is 07944300444. Have a good two weeks. Let's that out. No, don't leave it in there.
1: Yeah,
0: leave it in there. Leave it in there. Yeah. Let. No one's gonna fucking call anyway. No one will text. It doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: None of this matters. It's all the matrix. Oh, The Matrix, no, that's December. That's December. All right. I'm going to go off and watch Malignant again. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Uh, Boris fucks the country and kids, I guess. He fucks the food right out of kids' mouths.
1: There isn't any food. It's not coming into the country. Well, that's it's it is. It is. Yeah. it's there. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Woo, Brexit. <laughs> Fucking idiots.
0: Bye.